Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. So bad. Silver and Gold is back. You know, I've realized a lot of the movie podcasts they uh, they tell you what they kind of they kind of review what the show is every week, and we never do that. Maybe we should start doing that. What do you think? Um, yes. We're a, we we are a podcast who have a loosely based. Well, we we do pretty good. Loosely based double feature review every week. We try to uh, thematically relate them. Uh, we've ripped off the gentleman's guide. We've ripped off Sin Awesome. Um, so yeah, that's us. I am the loaf. best of the left. Best of the left. With uh, I'm the loaf. With me, the Zom. Hey, hey. Uh, we need to make, we, we need to update the uh, our uh, entrance weight this week because I just ate some pulled pork sliders and some beers for lunch, and I weigh, I've bumped our weight up to eight hundred and seventy pounds. Mm-hmm. This week, uh, yeah. we, we are review. We are doing a double deuce, magnificent bastard episode. We have Charles Bronson and Elaine Delon in two movies right around the same time. 1971's Red Sun, also starring Mifune and Ursula Andress. So it was pretty crazy seeing all these people on the fucking screen at once. That was a, quite the cast, and filmed in Spain by a British man. And uh, then we're doing a farewell friend, or honor among th- among thieves, or adieu l'ami, uh, also starring Elaine Delon and Charles Bronson from 1968. Kind of a heist movie, sort of, kind of, somewhat, maybe. So yeah, we'll get into those shortly. Zom, how are you? How have you been? How was your week? Oh, it's been a good week. Um, it was pretty good. It. Uh, was um i ate some i i i have proven things and i've done things that i'm not proud of <laughs> again uh, um, two weeks in a row yeah but <laughs> i will say this um the adage always leave them with a smile well that doesn't necessarily have to be True. Just walk, but, make sure you're walking out with a smile. Well, not that either. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's all right. It's okay. It's um. I I I'm pretty sure I'm still going to heaven. Whatever. I had a I had a weird week because I I don't know. 
I was just saying Dizam off off the air. That That's me. I uh <laughs> I don't know. Feeling a little uh, movie burnout this week and I didn't do much of much of anything. Pussy, um, pussy. I I watched a shitload of Doctor Who. Uh I finished off season four. I started and finished season four in one week. Mm. Um of the new series of Doctor Who, so um I have to watch the specials now before I move on to season five. The specials are a little harder to find, so thank you, powers that be on the intertubes, for that. Um, other than that, hmm, hmm, yeah, one of those weeks, just kind of nothing happened. I did buy this new game called Dark Souls, and that game fucking is kicking my ass. It's so hard. It's the uh, it's kind of the sequel, I guess, to this mo- this game called Demon Souls. Oh, um, you are going to hell. Yeah, and but. Even on the even on the back of the box, it just says "Prepare to Die." I and I, I see "You're Dead" more on that screen more than anything else. <laughs> it's a hard game, so. But it's it's one of, it's one of the games where you keep going back because you're like, okay, I think I can get to figure this out next time. It's not annoying, just you know, like Ninja Gaiden or something like that. That was just hard for the sake of being hard. This is actually like, you know, rewarding if you finally get through it. So, anyway, it's hard. It's hard, man. What have you been watching this week? Um, I'll see. We'll start out with a little Chuck Bronson. I can't remember if I said this one last week because it's a never heard of him. Yeah, he's a this. Well, um, I watched a movie called Saint Ives, and uh, this starred uh, Charles Bronson and uh, had some Jacqueline Bissett in it, and uh, she was pretty hot uh, at this time and. in some ways, so was Chuck. Uh, he was a catfishing, but he was kind of. Um, they tried to kind of make give him a different kind of uh, character, mm-hmm. uh, where he is a is a, a, like a, an author of crime novels, and um, but it pretty much gets back into the same Bronson Bronson ish kind of a thing because um, um, he gets called in by this. Um, rich um millionaire who uh, somebody's blackmailing him and they want they want somebody to be a go between and they specifically ask for Saint Ives and he comes and he's uh you know he's the go between but then they you know he just ends up uh, getting in hijinks ensues. Um you get to see some <laughs> Jeff Goldblum and uh Robert England phone in there as uh Thugs or heavy, not heavies. They're you know, kind of like uh, punks. You know, not right, punk right. punks like the Clash, but just bad, bad young, dirty uh, people. Dirty, dirty, dirty dog. The next thing I watched was a movie called. It's a classic on Netflix. Instant watch. Uh, delving deep into my nun exploitation kind of. Uh, uh, I don't know if I'd say fetish. I don't seek it out, but um, I like good-looking nuns. Uh, <laughs> but this is a is a, a very uh, it's a cla- it is a classic. It's a very high budget. It's not like Satanico Pandemonium, which is a classic, but in a different way. Uh, this one is a major, you know, feature. Uh, very good. Uh, be something that would be cool to see in Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, about some nuns, and they go like this place up on this. Uh, I think it's. It almost seems like it's uh, Tibet or something like that, and they're up on this uh, mountain, and 
things happen. But I liked it. Uh, next thing I watched, I've been going on a Blu-ray um, extravaganza because um, they're getting cheaper, especially on the internet. Yeah, uh, used ones, uh, and I I uh, watched. I I received in the mail, and I watched. Eyes Wide Shut mm. with uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. I think I posted my my silly little story. This girl that really wanted to, to bang, wanted to watch this movie. And uh, I ended up leaving the room as soon as it started and got on the phone with another girl. <laughs> Talked on the phone the entire movie. <laughs> I don't understand you. Well... I was I was really into the one on the phone, and I was not really into the one yeah. there at all. Yeah, I understand yeah. that. And I probably would have just been using Girl A as a while well, thinking about Girl B. Well, um, it's a good movie. It's um, in Blu-ray. It's one of those movies that you know you would think that uh, something like a big sci-fi or some kind of big spectacle, you know, for Blu-ray or whatever. But this one does look really nice. Um, Nicole Kidman, um, let's just put it this way. She gets naked in this movie on several occasions, and she looked fucking fine. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. She's a long-legged bro. She got a tight little ass on her butt. That's <laughs> 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 so I got like a legend in there. <laughs> Uh, no, but it is good, and uh, Sidney Pollock's in it, and he's pretty good too. Um, I will say, uh, Cruise, um, okay, uh, definitely not his normal type of movie, but he had a little run there in the late. It'd 90s. be like you know, you just said that. I mean, okay, definitely not his you know normal type of movie. Here's Tom Cruise's acting ability. You say that, and then he's like, definitely not his. Type of movie. Well, you know, what are you doing today? What am I doing today? He just, I mean, I swear to God, if you watch this movie and you took a drink, every time he just repeats while slightly chuckling what the person said before him, (laughs) you will, I don't know, you might get drunk. You might not. Maybe. Your uh, level of alcohol consumption. Uh, tolerance, whatever. It's, uh, it's a pretty good movie. Anyway, okay, let's move right on. Another Blu-ray that I watched, uh, I got this one cheap. I, so, I mean, it's more just because it was cheap mm-hmm. and it was Blu-ray than mm-hmm. it was because I had seen it before. It's called Green Zone with uh, Matt Damone. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. what's that fucker's name um, that was in that movie? Uh, Brendan oh, Gleeson. Oh. Yeah, Brendan Gleeson. <laughs> oh, I yeah. like him. He's pretty good. Uh, and then uh, the one guy that played uh, that other guy, uh, <laughs> the guy Hogan, and uh, the the, uh, the 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 Terry Hogan's- Blea. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's in it too. Um, this movie is is a movie that uh, is kind of they shot it with a kind of grainy looking filter uh-huh. to give it a certain look. So when it's on Blu-ray, it kind of doesn't really matter because it just looks grainy. So it doesn't, you know, I don't know. It it wasn't, even though I paid like three bucks for it, it it's it's not bad, but, you know, not not great. Uh, if you're into, if, you know, if you know about the whole weapons of mass destruction thing in Iraq, well, you know, it's pretty much that. 
Hans, I don't have anything in the man's direction. Uh, next thing I watched was a documentary called uh, "The Man Nobody Knew" or well, "The Man Nobody Knew in Search of My Father," CIA spymaster William Colby. Uh, this is worth a watch. It is fucking good. And um, if you're into spy stuff, it's good. If you're into good documentaries, it's good. It's documentaries. They don't star nobody. Uh, but it's good. Uh, next thing I watched was not good. And that's called, uh, Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Now, okay, let me speak on this, people. Had you seen this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I saw it in the theater one time. And mm. now I remember why I saw it one time. This movie sucks bowels. Bowels. And I will... I... I have to say, as I just realized as that's coming out of my mouth, that I have said let me tell tell you something people, or let me speak on this a million times Um, this movie is a if they had a class on cinema or if they did a scientific study of apologizing for a movie for no, I mean just because you like the franchise. This movie was fucking horrible. <laughs> it was fucking horrible. The, I mean, I couldn't believe it. And I I sat through the whole thing just as a second experience. Uh, my God. Ugh. Did you read it? It was on fucking the television. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I even had commercial breaks. Of it, so. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The acting was horrible. The CGI was fucking horrible. The story was fucking horrible. There was, I mean, it was awful. All right, so I'm going to move on from that. (laughs) It was bad, man. I'm telling you, that was one of the worst movies I have seen in a long time. Um, Next thing I watched was a documentary called Money, Power, and Wall Street. Um, This is a frontline PBS, you know, those just liberal, slanted garbage that the taxpayer has to pay for. Well, let me tell you something. This was see. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Watch too much wrestling. Um, this is a, it was good. Uh, it basically explains um, pretty much from beginning to end the whole derivatives market, predatory lending, all the shit that caused the financial collapse. And all the shit that uh, should have been done, maybe to fix it, that still hasn't been done, which mm-hmm. will probably cause it all to happen again. But it's good. Uh, Frontline's a good show. Um, Did you ever see the one that Matt Damon uh, uh, narrated? Goodwill Hunting? Yes. No, the, uh, the documentary about the financial crisis? I don't know. I don't remember. Probably, uh, maybe. I'll look up the name of it. Go ahead. It, yeah. was, it was good, but it, it was the same. It, it's the same way for me because. Economics to me are not, it's not interesting. Mm. Um, I, it, it's often way over my head. And when uh, when I can watch a documentary, Inside Job was the name of it. Hmm. Inside uh, Job is, it, maybe it was very good, but it, it kind of it, it it spelled things out to where you know a dummy like me could even understand yeah. what was going on. So well, I, that's probably why I didn't watch it. It's probably like like below. <laughs> oh my love, was like here and they took them dump and put it in the thing. No, anyway, but I I, th- I don't I can't remember. But we'll move on from oh, that. It, it won an Oscar for did it best documentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a world. Matt Damon got another Oscar. 
Well, it man, was really for a- Charles Ferguson and Audrey Mars. A big head, man. <laughs> Moose he does. He's <laughs> like a potato. Big fat potato. Yeah, I was gonna say that'd be a really small head. Well, it's a big, like a big, like <laughs> like a mutant potato. Yeah, if you were the si- like if a potato was like as tall as you, like a watermelon, and then you put that on a neck, that would be him. <laughs> and Ben Affleck has a big potato chin, so well, that's from sticking his chin in Matt Damon's fucking groin I'm not. area. I'm not. Next thing I watched was another Blu-ray. Uh, it's a, a classic comedy called "It's a Mad, 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 Mad World." There's only four Mads. Um, this is very good. Huge all-star cast. Um, it's one of those ones. If you watch it, you think uh, you know. I know that when they make movies, uh, most of the time that they only shoot certain scenes. It's not like everybody hanging out on the on the set and having a good time, unless it's the drinking Manhattan. No, what's the the, 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 the the Channing Tatum stripper movie? And then you know what those guys said? They were having so much fun that they just hung out on the set and watched each other now, all this now. I'm like, and supported each other. Uh, I, that guy's fucking horrible. Awful, awful, awful. So you're really not going to get in the car, are you? Somebody told him that if he, I think when someone told him when you act that, uh, you know, to stay relaxed, you know, you should be relaxed. And his idea of relaxed is to act like he's half so, you know, it's like, <laughs> you fucking hack, you are so horrible. Um, but this movie's funny. It's, um, it's got some good stuff in it. Jimmy Durante, Jonathan Winters, uh, Sid Caesar, blah, 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 blah. You could just go on and on and on. Buddy Hackett, all the old school comedians are in it, and it's good. Uh, next thing I watched was a movie called Drive, and then the next thing I watched was <laughs> did a you, Did you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that movie's come, I think that movie's turned around for you a little bit. Um, it's good. Yeah, because I mean, you were kind of like, kind of like lukewarm on it the first time. Oh, well, it wasn't lukewarm. I just uh, see. I mean, it's I like, talked it up too much. Everybody, everybody, <laughs> you would think it was the second coming of Jesus Cristo, but it's not. No, no it's, it's good. I like it. Uh, I like um, watching this time. I I uh, really was enjoying the Perlman and the um, um, Albert. Yeah, Albert Brooks. Yeah, yeah, both of those. It's a fine motherfucking pussy mobile. Uh, <laughs> With his giant teeth, his fucking crow, crow magnon jaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, crow magnon never existed. I'm sorry, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Jesus was a crow magnon. Uh oh. And, and a Capricorn. Anyway, <laughs> the next thing I watched was a. Uh, these Now, these movies, um, there's a quadrilogy. And I put it right up there with uh, the Star Wars, except it's better. And it's called Flatfoot. Uh, El Pedrone. uh, And uh, it stars um, Bud Spencer. And he's a cop, and he's... Call, his name is Flatfoot, <laughs> and that's all they call him. His own son. He has, like, a little son that's, like, uh, I don't know, seven years old. And he's like, Flatfoot, are you hurt? And his wife's like, Flatfoot, come and get some spaghetti, you know. But he's good. I mean, he just fucking beats a piss out of a fucking million people. It's like if you if if Andre the Giant was a cop, that's kind of how it is. He he open hands slat he doesn't carry a gun. He only uses his fists. And uh it's awesome. 
it's 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 great fun. Uh, he's a big bear. If you were gay and you like big bears, you'll love this fucking movie. <laughs> Uh, next thing I watched was another Blu-ray, and um, it's called Rocky, about a guy that uh, is a boxer. And the next thing I watched, um, now Rocky was good. Um, I haven't. It's one of those ones that um, Rocky, Rocky two, Rocky three, and maybe to a certain extent Rocky four. You know, you I I personally probably watched so many times that you know. It, it just got to where it's like, eh, yeah, not, not that they aren't good, but just seen them so many times. Well, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched them, any of them really in years, maybe three with Mr. T, but that's about it. And, you know, uh, it's possible. I've only seen, what was the one with the robot in it? Was that three? Remember uh, they had like a robot in their house. Yeah, I think so. I've seen that one maybe a couple times. I know. I, th- I think probably seen the first one a couple times. The second one, I don't even know. If I've seen maybe I mean maybe once the fourth one though we had on VHS when I was a kid <laughs> oh my god I've probably seen that thing fifty fucking times this one Dolph yeah 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 um the the thing I got it on Blu-ray another one that was like three bucks um first when I forgot how it starts and you're sitting there and you know turn hit play on the Blu-ray and the screen's just black. And these big fucking white letters come across the screen, and it goes, and I swear to God, I got goddamn goosebumps. I was like, fuck yeah. I mean, it was so fucking awesome. (laughs) um, But the the one thing is when it first starts, uh, it's just Rocky when he's a schlub, and he's fighting in this little club, and the club's real smoky. So on Blu-ray, I was like, man, this looks like shit. This is a bad transfer or whatever because it just didn't look good. But it's because the club was real smoky. When it gets when it starts getting into it, especially like when they're showing the um, the uh, fight with Apollo and everything's real colorful and there's like bright lights and, and the arena and everything. Man, it looks good. So uh, and the cover was really cool looking on this one. Um, the next thing I watched was rated as one of the worst movies of all time. Uh, <laughs> One Star Wars of, is still worse. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. It was fucking worse than this. Um, this one was known for probably costing the most amount of money and, and not making any money. That's one of the reasons. Uh, it's a movie, Inchon, and um, it's a Korean War movie starring Sir Lawrence Olivier as General MacArthur. It also had Ben Gazzara, Richard Roundtree, and another uh, stunning appearance by Jacqueline Bisset. Ooh, my God, she was good looking. Um, but now, see, I watched this, and I had heard so much about it being bad. It it's kind of a, a, a like almost kind of like a melodrama, like the the old um, um, miniseries Winds of War or something like that. But I watched it and it kept my attention and it entertained me. That fucking Star Wars movie sucked. Uh, now, the re- this movie, uh, Inchon, um, was financed uh, and produced or whatever by Reverend Sun Young Moon, uh, the, what they used to call the Moonies, uh, his big church. And um, so it cost $42 million to make 
back in the day, and they put it out, and it bombed, uh, and they pulled it right out of the theater. So it made like two million and cost forty-two million. Uh, but I thought I I thought it was I enjoyed it. I mean, it's not great, but I mean, it was it kept my attention and everything. Uh, nah, nah, nah. Uh, the next movie I watched was the movie Goon. And this starred uh, the guy that plays Stifler, which I don't know what his name is. What's his name? Sean William Scott. Yeah, thank you. Uh, voice from way far away. Uh, <laughs> and Liam Shriver. And, um, I've got my headphones on. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, yes! I had to clean out a place for the dog. <laughs> my futon's got a bunch of shit on it, so. Okay. Uh, like literally? Yes. Everywhere. Okay. You know, the beer and the pulled pork. <laughs> That's just in my pants. But um, one of my friends um, goes to, like, uh, what's commonly referred to as flea markets. Well, apparently <laughs> this one flea market that he goes to has uh, someone who is doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Like um, they have these movies <laughs> that sometimes are still in the theater. And um, so anyway um, – he told me, he goes, oh, you know, this is really good. It's a, it's like Slapshot. And it's mm, – I'm trying to think how to explain it. It is it, – there's times where I was watching it and I was like, oh, my God. But but he's so dumb that it <laughs> is – there are parts where it's – it's pretty funny. I mean, you know, so, and Liev Shriver is pretty funny, you know, he's like, you know, I will knock you the fuck out, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, so anyway, it's all right. It's not great or anything. It's a little Canadian movie. I think a little Canadian flavor. Uh, the next thing I watched was not Canadian flavor. I don't think it might've been, it might've been made. <laughs> I don't know, but, uh, it's, uh, Clive Owen. And, um, Ooh. what's that girl's name? That's really good looking. Ooh. With the movies <laughs> and um, yes, Bellucci, Monica Bellucci. I'm glad that you saw what I've been watching, so you can help. Uh, and uh, that little guy that drank the wine and wouldn't drink Merlot. Oh <laughs> uh, no, he wouldn't. What was it? Uh, Chardonnay. Nope. He wouldn't or Zinfandel. No, no fucking Merlot, motherfucker. I'm not brain dead. He was pissed about a white wine too. He's like, if somebody fucking orders, um, no, it was uh, what's his name, Paul Giamatti. Yeah, it was Merlot. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was Merlot, really? Yes. Well, no. Believe me, please don't, don't. No, uh, this was called Shoot 'Em Up, and um, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, Monica Bellucci as a uh, milk-titted uh, <laughs> prostitute—it's <laughs> pretty awesome. Uh, Giamani's good. Um, <laughs> it is it, mer- totally Merlot. I just looked it up. I know it's Merlot. That's I could have sworn it was a white wine that he was pissed about. Anyway. Siege, fucking Christ. Uh, no, it's Merlot. He likes he, a white wine, the, the Pinot Noir. Yes, he did like the Pinot. Okay. My sister likes the Pinot, too. I like the Pinot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sis. <laughs> which one it is. Uh, anyway, the next thing I watched was a movie called Losing It. And this was, uh, if you want to see. Does she like the Pinot? <laughs> <laughs> the Pinot Noir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh my uh, god! I just took a big drink of tea, right? Right, <laughs> it started to go up in the sinus cavity, like when you get waterboarded. So I'm going to tell everything I know. It was Merlot. <laughs> the, if you want to see Tom Cruise when he looked like he was about mm, 16 years old, uh, this movie called Losing It, uh, and Jack Earl Healy, Haley, Healy, Haley. Uh, yeah, he's in it too, and uh, Shelley. <laughs> Long from Cheers. <laughs> yeah, Shelly Long, the blonde, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's just a fucking she, – she, that must have been how she was in real life because she just acts the same in every movie. Um, but it's, uh, you know, the, 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 some young kids and they're going to go down to uh, Tijuana in their 57 Chevy and lose their virginity. She's got some pretty funny stuff because Tom Cruise, when they go to the whorehouse – Picks a Mexican lady who looks like she's old enough to be his grandma. It's kind of cool. Um, Dylan. <laughs> anyway, whatever. What? What? He doesn't uh, listen to the show. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> so we can say anything. Pedo Noir. Bitch. The next thing I watched and I topped off the week with was a the second feature in the Flatfoot quadrilogy which is called flatfoot in hong kong and flatfoot he goes to hong kong he's a, <laughs> wow. he, uh, investigating some uh, drug running and uh i was surprised to see uh al latieri uh who played virgil salazzo in the godfather and was in mr majestic and a bunch of other stuff uh he's in this and it was pretty good uh, same same basic concept and everything. Flatfoot just fucking beats the fucking piss out of uh, a lot of people. And um, it's um, he goes to Thailand and then he goes to Hong Kong. And that's why they call it Flatfoot in Hong Kong. And um, um, I'm pretty sure that he could have taken over Hong Kong in, in <laughs> entirely because there would be like 20 – little Asian guys coming at him and he's bonking them on top of the head and fucking just slapping the fucking piss out of them and everything. It's awesome. It, Flatfoot is fucking awesome. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I have to check those out. Um, as I was saying, I had movie burnout this week. So besides Doctor Who, episodes one through four, um, I almost just said who? Who? Oh, I won't do that because it's stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I watched Maniac on Blu-ray. Um Ooh. One of the one of the Blu-rays that I got from uh, Horror Movie Empire. This is the that whole debacle where the you know people hadn't gotten their orders for months and months. I finally got mine. So uh, Maniac was one of them. So you and will be ordering from them again? I w- no. Well, and, and all they have really is horror movies. So I mean, you know, the, because they were having the sale is why I bought some that I want. I bought Zombie, I bought um, Suspiria, and I bought Maniac. So. Um, so yeah, Maniac's awesome. I'd seen that one before, but it looks good. And, um, so, you know, Blue Underground did a good, good job on that deep, on that Blu-ray. So, mm-hmm. and, um, I also watched, <laughs> this is something that Aaron reviewed on the gentleman's blog. Um, I watched Mad Foxes. Now the cover would have you believe that this is a Nazi exploitation. Um, it's really more of a biker movie, I guess, mm-hmm. that the bikers happen to be Nazis, um, so like half the movie is like this kind of like soft core porn in the, in the, out in the, in the country. And the other half is one of the two people of the soft core porn dealing with this biker gang because at the mm-hmm. beginning he kind of like races one of them and they wreck. So they're after him like the whole movie. 
Um, it's not very good. It's only like 80 minutes long, not even like 76 minutes long. <laughs> um, but good God. I mean, there's like a, there's a, somebody gets their dick cut off. Uh, there's a, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, it's a lot of fun. We'll have to review it someday because <laughs> Los Violadores, Mad Foxes. Um, it's a Spanish movie. There's lots of dick and tits in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> up our alley. I posted a funny screenshot of a guy doing a high kick that wasn't wearing any clothes except for his. No shit! Needs. I swear to God, I, I could see my dad doing that. Like it wouldn't even bother him, and he'd just try. And he'd be like, "Fucking goddamn kids!" and go out there completely naked with nothing but black socks, his and his uh, Wolverine work shoes. Because we were just talking last night at work about. Um, uh, when stuff that we used to wear and in the summertime, you know, sometimes everyone, you know, you might have a pair of swimming trunks, but back then you would just take your jeans and cut them off like jean shorts mm-hmm. to go to the beach or anything, you know, the pool. And, um, and, but you would cut them off like right where your crotch was. You just cut them straight across. So they were short. And I remember <laughs> my dad would go outside and cut grass and he'd have a pair of those shorts on, uh, his Wolverine work shoes, black socks, the whitest legs on the planet Earth. And then he 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 would tell the one story one time he was painting the house and he was up on the ladder painting the house and these church women showed up, kind of like Jehovah Witness deal where they wanted to come and talk to you. And he was getting up and down and he said, well, he said, I'm out here fucking painting houses. If they want to stand there and talk, I don't give a shit. And he swore up and down that the only reason that, that they wouldn't leave and the only reason was because he was up on the ladder and they were staring at his ball bag that was hanging out the leg of his pants. <laughs> like, okay, Dad. Yeah, I'm sure that they were just so enamored by your fucking sack. Sack is a pretty yeah. attractive thing. You'll wish you looked this good when you're my age. Oh, whatever. <laughs> That's his mantra. Guy, yeah. What, what, what did the guy say in that movie uh, in in the mischief? <laughs> they wanted they they like a guy with big nuts. You want? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true. <laughs> they are enamored with your ball bag. Ball bag, and that that was all I watched all week. <laughs> yeah, that's why I added that because I knew you didn't. You know, I watched Mad Foxes at work too. I know that's nice. <laughs> I know that's good. There was a there was a. We have this Bob Marley documentary at the theater right now, and that motherfucker, I don't know why, that motherfucker is two hours and almost two and a half hours long. Of him just smoking weed. I don't know what it is. I don't I don't care about Bob Marley in the least. I don't really? care about reggae in the least. Um, I hate you, reggae, honestly. You hate the reggae. I hate the reggae. It's because I'm reggae. You don't even want him to get married. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, they probably can't, but <laughs> not in North Carolina anyway. The... Um, I don't know. So I've been there very late this past week just because when that movie plays, I have it's an extra hour added on to my night. Buffalo basically. So I threw on a Mad Fox. Watch some, uh, some. I'm surprised that, that I don't I hate to sound like uh, stereotypical or whatever. But I'm surprised that you're not all into that <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. Eh, I've never liked reggae very much. I don't like ska music either. I don't know. You just you just go right around the uh, the music thing and go right to the other, <laughs> right, right to the green. <laughs> uh, the yeah, green. So. Is that what that's called? The I green? don't know. Uh, and that was it. So, <laughs> am I high right now? Um, so uh, let's uh, let's take a break and come back 
and review. It's my luck. I'll wake up right now. And I'll be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I haven't slept and we haven't even started. How about Red Sun first? Did we review that? Red Sun from 1971. Red Sun. We'll be right back. Good. something very important today. That's outside the cinema. I know a lot of you listening now enjoy the film world. Boy, outside the cinema covers all kinds of good films. If you're looking for the classics, perhaps you're looking for a good old Nazi film where the Nazis torture and rape everyone in sight. Or giant monsters crawl from the sea. Or perhaps an Italian film where Edward's finish takes her clothes off for no apparent reason. Or a renegade bikers just do whatever they damn well please. Perhaps even occasionally turn into a werewolf. Then outside the cinema is your place to go. That's www.outsidethecinema.com. Outside the cinema, your source for cult movie discussion. Richard Hill and the Voidoids. Uh, our first film of the day is Red Sun from 1971. Zom, would you care to introduce it here? In a word. I do. Uh, yes. The Japanese ambassador is traveling through the Wild West by train. When gangsters hold up the train, to rob a gold shipment. They also carry an ancient Japanese sword that the ambassador is carrying as present for the present United States. The ambassador's bodyguard will go after them with the aid of one of the gang's leaders, betrayed by his pals, written by Artemis Number 9. You suck, buddy. You fucking <laughs> suck, dude. I'll knock you the fuck out. That sounded okay. Oh, no, that, that was fucking... St- oh, that was bad. That was Star Wars bad. Stupid Star Wars. <laughs> hey, people, let me tell you something. See how I say that all the time? Uh, <laughs> if you're looking for lots of Charles Bronson movies in their entirety uh, and you don't own them, uh, look on YouTube because I'm looking right yeah. now and there's like a lot of them. I watched the, I watched this on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Mr. No, they, Majestic, White they're, Buffalo. They're a little, they get a little grainy and stuff, but whatever. It's free. Don't give a shit. Stop fucking complaining, asshole. Pussy um, boy, quit complaining, pussy. This, uh, this is a. Uh, <laughs> this is now. I don't know when this happened first, but the East meeting the West. The first at, at the beginning in, in the mid in the mid nineteenth century. It's a very interesting, you know, intersection there because when you watch samurai films, it's a completely different world. You know, they hap- all the stuff happened at the same time, but the you know the Wild West and feudal Japan are just. They couldn't be any more different, and have them intersect like this is pretty cool. And I'm not sure if this is the first film to do it, but um, this was good. Yeah. So yeah, 
Yes. And another thing crazy about this, this is a truly, truly international film. You have uh, Charles Bronson, the American. You have Ursula Andress. Uh, she's Swedish, right? Um, Toshihira, uh, Toshiro Mifune, who, you know, of many... Uh, Puerto Rican film fans. Uh, he's Puerto Rican, and you have Elaine Delon, who's French. The director Terence so Young, see. British, and they filmed it in Spain. So, and Charles Bronson was Polish. And Charles Bronson was Polish via America. So, yeah. he played Link Stewart. Link, <laughs> the missing Link. Um, this is uh, Ursula Andress. I was I, I was happy to see her naked, but I wish she wasn't quite as annoying as she was. But yeah. uh, we'll get into that a little bit. Um, we, uh, we're introduced with this one in a pretty, I guess we did, what was the name of the Farnsworth movie we did? Gray Fox. The Gray Fox. Okay. So the, the train robbery in Gray Fox is probably more, more aligned with how it would normally have happened. Uh, we regularly have happened. This one is a pretty spectacular train robbery with lots <gasps> and lots of guys inside job dynamite, like everything. Um, now I did wonder why Charles Bronson decided to shoo his horse away at the beginning. <laughs> like he rides yeah. into this train station and he just like fucking like like wag like waves his horse to go away. And the, I mean, he could have given it to someone or he could and, and, and he didn't even take the and he took the saddle off, but he did take the bridle out. <laughs> he of He left the bridle on and then he it's just sent mean. off his horse to like starve in the desert. I don't even and think it, I don't, can, horses can't eat if they have a bit in their mouth. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the horse was like, I ain't going nowhere. It, it, it wasn't having none of it. It was, <laughs> it like, was so confused. Shit. It was so confused. Um, this catfish hit me on the ass. <laughs> are you supposed to be in the water you motherfucker yeah um, <laughs> i'm back in the water to run off into the desert you fucker um so it's uh you get the, it kind of unfolds slowly like you see everybody that's involved in this train robbery and they're fucking robbing everybody but it's it's bronson and, and delon who don't seem to know each other very well but uh, then it turns out that they're they're in on it um so when Bronson says, you know, hey, this is a stick up, you see guys slowly pulling out their rifles and everything. And, uh, you know, everybody just kind of has their hands up. Well, this one guy tries to get, he's going to like slowly draw his weapon. I don't know what the fuck he's going to do sitting down on a train with three other people with guns behind him. But he's a hero. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's such a, he was a hero for like 10 seconds until DeLon <laughs> shot his ass right, right in the middle of the chest. But what was awesome about it is that the bullet completely passes through him and hits an old man, this old man who just kind of slumps over. You see the hole in his seat, which is pretty cool. <laughs> um, and uh, I really liked in the robbery, too, um, when uh, they're trying to. Usually, usually, what they want to do in these train robberies is mail is rob the mail car because that's where people would send money across the country and all that stuff. So they rob the mail car, they get all kinds of cash. So the um, they're trying to get the mail door open, uh, the mail car door open, and uh, so they shoot a few rounds into the door, and they're just it's like and and you tell you can tell they've done it before. They're just waiting, and all of a sudden the big shotgun blast just like blows a big hole in it. And, um, and you know, Bronson's like, eh, see what I tell you, you know, and it's pretty awesome when, uh, he yells inside, like, come on out or whatever. And like a rifle slowly comes out of the hole <laughs> and I got a good chuckle out of it. Bronson grabs the the end of the rifle and just shoots the motherfucker through the hole, <laughs> through the hole that, where the rifle was coming through. I thought yeah, that was funny. funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's son of a bitch. Yeah, but yeah, you know, like I said, the, with the, the cast, it's just, it was nuts to have these three faces on the screen at once, uh, you do get an intersection where Mifune, um, 
Bronson and Delon are all on the screen at the same time. And it's just really, I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's particularly weird to see Mifune, uh, with these two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these two guys had worked before as the, as evidenced by the film we will be, we'll be reviewing next, but they, they are more along the same type of movie where, you know, with Mifune, largely what you've seen him in is yes, he is a samurai, but it's mostly, you know, it's, Black and white, set in Japan, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So mm-hmm. he was in Inchon. I forgot to tell you that. There you go. Yeah, um, he played so, a Japanese guy. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, now, how well does he know English? Do you know? I don't know. Because he speaks. He know, he does that. He like like Zom just did. The, he he does. He speaks English like that throughout the movie, um, which leads to some comedic moments. And what was surprising about this? It was there was a lot more funny moments than I thought there would be. Um, in, in particular, the you know the stuff with Bronson and Mifune. So Bronson Bronson has gotten uh, he's gotten betrayed by Delon, who basically has taken the train heist goods for himself mm-hmm. and uh, tries to blow up Bronson, who only gets knocked unconscious. And um, he takes the this ancient sword that you heard about in the uh, synopsis. The, the the sword is going to be is a gift from the Japanese emperor to. I guess Lincoln would be the president when this took place or did it take place in 18? I, feel, I remember seeing 1860, but I feel like it might've said 10 years later also. Mm. Uh, so anyway, it might've been 1860. It might've been 1870. Seemed um, like it was later with, by the guns. Yeah. And they probably, if it was 1860, they might've, the civil war started in 61. Yeah. So uh, I guess it would have been safe to ride a train through across the United States still during the civil war. So, I mean, before the Civil War. Um, the uh, So anyway, the, Delon steals this sword. It's got gold and all kinds of shit on it. And um, the uh, so that that really, you know, you get they get the whole classic, um, the samurai theme of honor. And this, the, the guy basically gives Mifune. Oh, and he, and he kills Mifune's friend, too. Another, there's two samurai that are uh, accompanying the... Um, the ambassador in this train car, one of them gets shot. So Mifune already ha- is already pissed about that. Then he's kind of he's tasked by tasked by the ambassador to go get this sword back, and it's a matter get of get her done. And the guy gives him seven days to do it. And you know Bronson thinks this is ridiculous, but this guy he's given you know a rope with seven knots in it. Every day he's going to untie one, and if he doesn't have the sword in seven days, he's going to commit harikari. Um. And Bronson's like, well, are you fucking it? He's fucking crazy. <laughs> so Bronson's in on this because he wants to get back. It's kind of interesting that theme that in this one too, because like the the that theme of in both of them where two guys are working together, not really wanting to, because mm-hmm. they they have a kind of similar but not really uh, end motive. <laughs> um, so I guess you could even uh, have them tied together that way. Um, Bronson just wants to get his shit back. Mifune wants to fucking slice Delon's head off. Jaw. And so they uh, they set out to do that. Bronson is unarmed and kind of has to go along with what's going, you know, with Mifune because Mifune is <laughs> he, he uh, I just opened up the notes for bare knuckles by accident. <laughs> um, focus. Focus, focus. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, like Bronson says at one point, this shows like the you know the the ignorance in the Japanese culture and stuff, and he, like he's like, unless you have some special use for men dressed up like women. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's some good like, good lines like that, like Mufune saying, "Gun sword, we all die the same way." He well, he says that to Delon. Um, so they're they're on their trip trying to track down DeLon and uh, <laughs> I liked when when Bronson goes tumbling down the hill trying to run away and Mifune's fucking doing these ninja step moves like running right beside him. So Bronson's <laughs> like, things like straight down and he never leaves his feet. <laughs> he doesn't. It's awesome. Bronson's just like, I mean, I guess they're stunt doubles doing it but it's still... Yeah, it's, Bronson's it's, going ass, ass over tea kettle or whatever they say. <laughs> it's funny. It's just like there's this huge cloud of dust and then this fucking samurai just like tip, tip, tip like tiptoeing right along next to this big cloud of dust, which was pretty funny. Pretty impressive. I wonder yeah. how they figured out that, that someone could do that. <laughs> it's just like loose rock. They, they put out the casting call for somebody that could run down a, <laughs> yeah. a loose cliff face. Um, and there's you know there's another funny moment when <laughs> Bronson's trying to like steal a steal a sword in the middle of the night. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and this made me think of a story I told this week about a guy th- saying a bee stung him, but. Um, Mufune just sits up like the Undertaker sits up. <laughs> uh, God damn mosquitoes! He sits right up and, and you know, and Bronson's like, "Oh, I can't sleep because of the mosquitoes." And um, Mufune looks around for a minute, and you hear like, and he's like, "One mosquito," and then takes out a knife. No mosquito. <laughs> <laughs> he always does like that real fast. Yeah. It's almost like a, 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 a old west quick draw. Yeah. He's just like, and it's back in the thing, and it's like one mosquito. It was funny. Um, <laughs> no mosquito. And yeah. uh, Bronson tries to catch him off guard and spear him with a big, like a tree that he's broken <laughs> off. And his face, <laughs> when Mufune, now Bronson, I know most everybody probably knows this. He's he's kind of squinty-eyed. When his eyes open up wide, <laughs> it always looks funny. <laughs> so his facial expression is just is pretty great. When he he pushes Mifune down a cliff later on, who now this time he doesn't run down. He actually like falls all the way down. And Bronson's gonna try to get away. And when he hears him already climbing back up, he's like the fucking Terminator. Bronson's looking for a big stick. Basically, he breaks off the end and he's gonna just impale him. And uh, <laughs> he comes out and you know has the he's getting getting ready to stab him and Mufune just draws the sword samurai style and whoosh, cuts the end of the stick off and Bronson's like his eyes just like that's <laughs> really funny um, you know it's funny Mufune is probably my favorite part of this movie you know I know this is a Delon Bronson double feature mm-hmm. but Delon's not in this a ton um, he's kind of like the bad guy he he fucks him over at the beginning and you don't really see him most of the movie after that um. And then, and you get you get dialogue between the two. They start to understand each other a little bit, I guess. But uh, they're trying to understand each other when you know they have a conversation about honor and why he's after the sword. You know, Bronson's like, "You could just take the sword and run away," and he's like, "You know, this." Mifune is explaining to him that it's it's the idea of it, it's the honor and everything. And you know, Bronson's like, "You can't spend ideas." Um, you know, it's pretty good. They this is after Bronson's like just fucking leave me alone. Tries to drown him. It's kind of <laughs> when they made friends. So, um, that's how I make friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, the movie started to slow down a little bit for me after Andrus comes on. Um, they're still on Delon's trail, and they you know they go into a town, and uh, they Delon is his character. What was his character's name? Delon. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, it was just that's a coincidence because I'm just sitting here on IMDb. His Gotch. name is yeah, Gotch Kink. <laughs> Gotch Kink. Okay, so so and they Gotch. call him Gosh. <laughs> Go- but but Gotch the, is apparently the thing is Bronson's first name is Link, and Elaine Delon's last name is Kink. <laughs> <laughs> Link and Kink. Wow. That sounds like a fucking uh, bathhouse movie right there. <laughs> we almost got a bathhouse scene in that neck in the Farewell Friends. <laughs> well, you almost got one in this one when Mifune was wearing his fucking samurai diaper. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A gold lit in the fucking cold water. <laughs> Did he really find hot water in the middle of the snow? No, I think it was cold water. They just go and just sit in that fuck. fucking cold-ass water. <laughs> what was the other movie where the guys got in the cold water like that? Uh, shit. Something we did? I don't know. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know they I, they did it in uh, Ravenous, but there was another one where the two guys just kind of go and sit in this real fucking cold-ass water. Well, I don't know. Well, in Japan, just, they'll that, have that, those little hot springs, and I figured that's what was, he, they were getting at. But Was I, it a hot spring, maybe? There was no steam or anything, and there was snow on the ground, but I don't know. He didn't seem. He seemed more uncomfortable standing up in the cold than he did sitting in that water. Yeah. He didn't even hesitate when he sat down. Like usually, when you sit down in really cold or really hot, especially when those balls hit the water, you're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. you know, you got to do the slow sit down. <laughs> let your shit, let your shit get used to it. Um, yeah. Dangle, so, dangle the dangle. So Ursula Anders' character, Christina, she apparently just uh, she fucks Gotch on the rig and uh, not on the rag. Well, maybe that too. And. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's <laughs> uh link is trying to shake her down for his location and she's not having any of it so he locks her in her room nails her in her room um that was pretty funny and um <laughs> she tries to stab him through the blinds or through the uh the shutters and he just hammers the end of the knife off um but he um she's a hellcat she is and she shows, <laughs> she shows her tits so the uh Eventually, they kind of. Yeah, well, she seemed like she'd be the kind of chick that would have like big, uh, weighty boobs. But she, they look then. They, I mean, she's statuesque. They perky. Look nice, they're, they're, I mean, they're kind of perky. Maybe she just yeah. wears like like push up. She was pretty stuff. young at the time too. She had a mane of hair like a fucking lioness. Oh, she's fucking hot. And she's a whore, and she'll always be a whore. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I use that line all the time. I like when Bronson like sets Mifune up with a, uh, or sorry, Link sets Jubei up with a, uh, with a prostitute, and uh, again, again we get a nice difference in uh, uh, style where Bronson's just going to bang his lady, and his lady looked kind of old. Like you got Ursula and well, he looked pretty old. He always looked old. That dude was born with fucking wrinkles on his face. He didn't get the big time until he was fifty. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Um. The. Uh, but you know you get a difference in uh, difference in cultures when Jubei wants to be bathed by the prostitute as opposed to like just banging, and uh, so he's sitting in the bath getting like a scrub down, and Bronson just wants to peek in, <laughs> and you get the big googly eyes again when as soon as the door cracks open, this knife just goes whoosh, whoosh, and like stabs into the door jam right next to him, and his eyes are like. <laughs> it was pretty funny. You can tell it was just done in reverse or something. What's that? I think he's telling me he wants to be alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was almost like a. I had the worst broken English, Mufune <laughs> or fucking Bronze. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was almost a. Uh, it was at that point. It was almost like a. Like that felt like an eighty sex comedy kind of, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of gag. Um, but uh, 
Uh-oh. Oh, that speaking was, of, uh, when I ate the sliders for lunch, they put a fucking bowl of slaw on my plate. I was, I was not happy about that. But that'd be good. Barbecue and slaw? Well, yeah, oh, I mean. Fuck yeah, man. Those, those are made to go together, but uh, not for me. Mm, riblets. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Back to my notes. Carry on away, what's There was a nice, uh, there was a nice um, sexist line when uh, Bronson is making uh, Andrus cook for them, and uh, she's like, "What makes you think I'm going to cook for you?" And he's like, "You cook, we eat. I cook, you get whipped, and we go to bed hungry." <laughs> Yeah, I like that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, I'm very. I was very pleased to see titties in this one. Um, I don't want to get. I don't want to get into the last third of the film um, as not to give away anything. But there's a back a lot of back and forth with Bronson because Mifune's like, as soon as I see this motherfucker, I'm going to cut his head off. And Bronson's like, no, 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 I need 24 hours. Is it what is it? 24 hours or, or a week. Yeah, he's going to waterboard him. He, he said, yeah, he said, I need time to f- for him to tell me where the gold is, what they, you know, that he took from the, from the train. So, um, now what I, I do want to, I did want to say that I really liked the director, um, uh, Terrence Young. He had an interesting way of shooting certain action scenes. Um, this guy had done a few, uh, Bond movies and stuff. So I think he was probably, uh, well versed. He did the, he looks like he did the, uh, a lot of he did some of the uh, 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 god damn it I'm just blanked on his name Sean Connery uh, James Bond movies Thunderball and yeah and stuff like that so he already had some action under his belt but I, I did like the way he um, he shot certain way like scenes of action like he kept it very dynamic there would be like a, it, they were chasing Anders at one point and you see Bronson kind of slow like. He's off in the distance. He's riding his horse, and it, w- what appears to be slowly because it's in the distance. And then Mifune's horse just whoosh, like zooms right in front of the camera. And there's a few times in the film where he does that. Like there's a couple horses that fall down during a during a certain scene, mm-hmm. and um, the horses kind of collapse into the middle of the frame as the guys fall off of them, which is pretty nice. Like you don't see anything except the ground, and all of a sudden these two horses come falling in. Um, he, he's good at directing these. These uh, he's good at shooting these scenes. I think with uh, keeping it interesting, not just you know a static camera and stuff like that, and it, it made this a lot more interesting. Especially you know the fact that the like I said the when the center of it started to drag a little bit when they got to the town and uh, you know when Andrus came on the scene and stuff, it, it slowed down for me there. But you know the action scenes kind of picked it back up and it ended nice and I like the end of it too. So, but uh, we can get into your notes here. Well, uh, link your, your, your quote unquote notes. Yeah, uh, my quote unquote whoa. notes that don't exist. Uh, you see uh, Anthony Dawson in this, who was um, in uh, Deadlock and uh, the 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 uh, kind of you know bad evil guy from the movie Deadlock. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't do a lot. He's in Gosha's gang, and uh, but uh, gotcha. it, yeah, he's he's a. Uh, Delon's character, uh, quick draw is uh, <laughs> some someone saying he's a quick draw is like uh, calling a fucking hummingbird 
Uh, yeah, it flies kind of fast. Uh, <laughs> because there's one scene where he he betrays – I mean, he's all about himself. And I guess he figures, you know, they have all this money and he can uh, – the, the less people in his gang, the more money he gets. And I never, I didn't understand the one part where he had these guys like digging on a hillside. And he's like, dig, you know, and they're digging. And then the next thing you know, he's just sitting there on a rock and he just fucking quick draws his gun and shoots like six guys in like two seconds. Yeah, he – I, I, it seems like Bronson wasn't like usually when if you see Bronson in a western, he's going to be the number one badass. Right. He was really like the number three badass in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think he was the brains of the outfit. Yeah, uh, more than anything else. Um, but um, Delon's character, I guess he said, you know, uh, uh, like he must have been like a riverboat gambler kind of a guy right. because when he says something to Mafune about uh you know uh people on the when I was on the riverboat blah, 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 <laughs> you know something I can't remember what the fuck he said you know he's just Delon 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 uh he's a good looking guy you know just fucking you could see where he would get some puss uh, <laughs> from from a Swedish yeah nymphette who's good just like God. fucking the, she she is uh dedicated to his ass that's for sure mm-hmm. um she tries to which you know i thought we were going to get a a full nudity thing of ursula andrus because she takes her top off and washes her tits i guess when you're you know been riding a long ways you know the <laughs> first thing you dirty. yeah you gotta wash your wash your areolas off not your crotch <laughs> that's been that's been uh in leather pants or chaps and rubbing on a fucking saddle for two hours in the desert sun <laughs> That pussy was gold, man. It probably smelled like fucking da- daisies or whatever after she rode all day. Um, but she tries to seduce uh, um, Link, and uh, which fu- I think it's funny that his name was Link because I always think of the missing Link like a Cro-Magnon man because Bronson looks kind of like fucking like he could be a caveman. And uh, she goes over and she, you know she's he says uh, you know. Uh, undress and so she starts taking her she had whenever washed her tits and then put her shirt on right in front of him then he says undress like he's gonna fuck her well she just takes her pants off and she starts rubbing his leg and everything well she goes for his gun and man he fucking bitch slapped her i mean it was like the movie that this movie's flatfoot. i mean he fucking open-handed her and knocked her across the room and mafune walks in the room right at that time and he's like Jeez, he didn't say anything, but you can just see him like, mm, <laughs> fucking okay. Americans, <laughs> fucking American beasts, you know? Um, yeah, whatever. He probably fucking chokes his women. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> come in and wash me. <laughs> come. <laughs> you know, now you come. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe you, when he walked in, he's like, hmm, new technique. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This American nuts. That's where they bonded. When he saw when he saw Bronson slap the shit out of uh, Ursula Andrus. And Bronson tells her, he says, you're a whore. You'll always be a whore. And that's, that's uh, that, that line, I'm pretty sure uh, David Carradine had to have stolen that for Long Riders. Uh, when he, but anyway, um, there's a scene where um, – for a while there, they're on foot and they're walking from the train to go find Gauche. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, what's your, what's your name? So I am going to come and kill you. And Delon's like looking at him like, gee, dumb fuck. <laughs> he starts riding away and he goes, it's Gauche. And the guy's probably like, what? Gotch. What does that mean? <laughs> <Kink>. <laughs> yeah, what that mean? 
Uh, <laughs> 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 an English motherfucker? English motherfucker, do you speak it? Um, <laughs> they, um, <laughs> yeah, there's some some slightly uh, different accents in this, but this is one of those ones where they would like um, uh, in the Magnificent Seven, where you know Yul Brenner fucking does not talk like most people. So uh, uh, what's his name in the movie says, "Oh, that that cagey old Cajun," you know, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, with Delon, the, that the, that Frenchman. You know, they have to explain why he fucking can't talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, there's when they're on foot, uh, Bronson keeps uh, like he's going to try and turn the tables because mm-hmm. Mifune has his swords and um, he's walking behind him. Well, he uh, demonstrates to Bronson <laughs> his the, his art of uh, of uh, judo. Because in, in like probably just a couple of seconds, he fucking slams and flips and beats Bronson's ass. Like it, it was hilarious, and it was done in a in a comedic way. Because everything Bronson would try and do, he got into the uh, you know eighteen hundreds boxing stance with his fists up. Come on, make a fist. Put up your dukes. You're too dumb to even make a fist. They uh, and, that looked like Mafune actually doing the throws. I don't know if it was, it was Bronson getting thrown though. It was funny, man. <laughs> he dusted him off, and then um, <laughs> they uh, Mafune make uh, they stop. And I I don't know if Mafune just uh, had food with him. <clears throat> he goes, "Aren't you hungry? Let's stop, and we need to, you know, let's." Uh, after after Mafune whips his ass. And throws him so many times that Bronson probably can't stand up. Bronson's like, he just he's laying there. We'll, we'll call it a draw. Just, yeah, and he, he just like starts lounge and he's like, all right, we'll call it a draw. He's like, you you look like you're getting tired. We'll call it a draw. <laughs> yeah, and Mafune makes it makes like goes over and makes like a fucking wonton and uh, or like a little fucking dumpling. I don't know. Yeah, and, I don't know what he was he was making. It was definitely on like some sort of leaf or something. But well, I thought that was the fish. There was like a fish. He must have, yeah. Maybe it was smoked fish or something. Here. And and he the, he almost had the fish like uh, like as as the plate like with uh, the stuff okay. inside the fish. Yeah, and he it goes, was a little fuzzy on YouTube. I couldn't tell what it was. <laughs> that stinks. <laughs> like, Look, <laughs> motherfucker. Stinks. Beggars can't be choosers. Catfish. He's probably like I'm eating one of my relatives. And um, so, but, but there was one Mother? part where. When she locked, uh, or when he locked Ursula Andress in her room, she fucking made, she screamed and made this noise. It did. It sounded like a fucking wildcat. She was like, Row! and it get, I mean, I was like, fuck, man, that's hot. <laughs> she had the, the thickest fucking blonde ass hair, man. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that, you could just grab a hold of that and make her do anything. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so um, there's some of the most. I know this was made in Spain, so they probably got a lot of the local uh, uh, guys to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. But they they are not weren't the most convincing looking Comanches. Um, oh, it was no. kind of like <laughs> no, no, yeah. It's like when they made the Green Berets, uh, the 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 Viet Cong would just be like American guys with black shit all over their face, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like okay, that's the way these Comanches were. They they, they didn't look too good. Um, I I like that you know Mafune um, 
he he didn't want to i mean he was just rigid that was his thing this is my duty i will kill him on sight and then he told bronson that bronson was doing something i can't remember what if he was sneaking over trying to get him or what and he pulled that knife out and put it to bronson's throat and and he said uh, bronson said something like uh what makes you think that uh, we get there to get gauche that i'm going to help you out or something like that he goes then i will cut your head off <laughs> he was like Mm, okay, <laughs> and uh, he he tells the uh, Bronson tells the one guy he says, uh, you know, if you don't tell us where this is, this guy here he's going to cut your ears off. <laughs> and the guy's like, oops. <laughs> so I mean, it was uh, pretty much. Um, uh, I. A, a huge, or I, I don't know if I would say a huge international cast, but I mean, at this time, I think Bronson was pretty, pretty big. I mean, at one point, he was the the uh, the uh, you know voted the 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 most popular worldwide, the most popular movie star in the world. Huh. That was his big thing, uh, and um, I can't. Would, did this one come first, or did uh, yeah, Farewell is, Friend? Come this first? is three years after Farewell. Three years, yeah. So I imagine that that they did Farewell Friend, and and they were kind of like, you know, hey man, this was pretty cool, and and um, they 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 threw these people together. It was. Uh, I wonder. This guy's name is Guido Lola Brigida. <laughs> I, I mean, that might be a uh, pretty uh, a, a normal name in Italy, but I was wondering if it was Gina Lola Brigida somehow related. Uh, but anyway, it's a it's a pretty good movie. It, it has just enough um, um, little funny things in it that that that, that will you know kind of keep you laughing a little mm-hmm, bit. But mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the uh, violence is pretty um, well. There's some pretty. I mean, for for the day and age, yeah. like uh, there's one scene where Mifune. I mean, he he stabs some people straight through like a door and shit like that with that sword, and he cuts the one oh, guy. That was the, the, yeah, the sword, the sword stuff, the sword violence is probably the yeah. the br- more brutal of it. The one through the door was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, and the guy's just like, ah, and you see a sword coming out of his belly. Yeah, because he was uh he was trying to. He either ran out of Bronson's room or was going to get. He was Bronson. in the hallway. There was like a gunfight in the hallway, and he was standing and, in front of Mifune's door. Yeah, and he just got him right through the thing. But um, it was kind of cool seeing the uh, samurai versus the Indians. You know? Yeah, That's, yeah. And he had those little knife things. He's like, yeah, the throwing knife. That was neat too. Yeah. So anyway, I, I saw this a long time ago. This is one of those ones that when the video stores, VHS stores, first opened up, you know, they'd just have all kinds of. Uh, you know, old Charles Bronson movies mm-hmm. and things like that in the big clamshell. So I saw this many, many moons ago, and, you know, it's it's pretty entertaining. I, I don't think there – it is out on DVD, but I looked uh, – I was just looking up some stuff about the movie. And uh, the DVD that they have for sale, it says, you know, remastered or something. And on the comments – where you can review the movie, mm-hmm. a lot of the people said, "Don't waste your time with this. It's a, uh, it's just basically a bootleg that oh, somebody's putting out, and like it's a VHS a piece of, rip or something." Yeah, it'd be like what we're watching on YouTube, and they just put it on a DVD, and then they're selling it as remastered. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's surprising that um, it's not, you know, more readily available and and uh, um, 
redone and everything because it's a it's a cool movie and I, everybody that I know that's seen it you know like you said you have that kind of middle part there where they go to the whorehouse and everything that kind of it, it it's just you know it's a little slow down but I mean you know in Sam it's it's sandwiched in between some pretty uh pretty entertaining shit so you know yeah, you have yeah. law there but you have to get the tit in get some women in there somehow <laughs> you're a whore you'll cool. always be Ugh. well uh, I I uh yeah, the 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 bread of the sandwich uh, was enough for me to really enjoy this. Um, you know, if I I guess if I had to do something weird like pick a most valuable thing of the movie, it would for me surprisingly be Mifune. Um, I, I I I really liked his character. I thought it was cool. I I liked the, you know, he never really broke the whole being serious thing. Um, he stayed. You know, it wasn't like he got kind of soft or anything like that. He was still like the hey the whole movie. You know. Yeah, Bronson was surprisingly good as the uh, the uh, comedy guy. Yeah, you know? and I like Bronson a lot too. Um, but I expected to like him, and I thought, I, and I honestly, when I went into this, I thought it was going to be a Bronson Delon movie, mm. and somehow Mifune was worked in. But it was really a Bronson Mifune movie with Delon worked in. So, mm. um, but um, this is fun. I'm glad I watched it. It's I'd give it a seven point seven five out of ten. Oh, I'll do one better. I'll give it an eight. Nice. I love it. I love it. Love it. So yeah, this is a fun one, and, and like we said, it's on uh, it's on YouTube, so you can watch it on there. Don't buy the shitty DVD. Yeah, maybe find it on VHS somewhere. Maybe if you want to have a widescreen VHS anywhere. I was looking uh, for some reason when I was looking at those Blu-rays. You know, I thought, well, you know, I wonder how much uh, VHS you get on like Amazon or eBay or something like that. People are selling um, VHSs for. One penny. Yeah, the shipping. One penny, and then the shipping's like three more. bucks. Yeah. Uh, so, so, if you want to get some VHSs, Dad, to your collection, you know, yes, I've done it already. Um, that's a great place to do it. I, I bought that um, Ted Pryor, Robert Zadar movie I talked about a couple <laughs> weeks ago. I bought that on VHS on Amazon. Yeah, we got to do that one. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Cool. Seven point seven five and an eight. We're gonna take a break and come back and review Farewell Friend or Honor Among Thieves. More Bronson, more Delon. After this. Hi, this is famous Hollywood producer, Robert Evans. You know, I've made a lot of powerful enemies during my time in Hollywood. Like the time I pushed Steve McQueen in front of a moving car on the set of The Getaway because he was macking on my lady, Allie McGraw. But I've made one great friend, a boffo friend, if you will, since I retired. It's called Show Show, and it's the best fucking movie podcast ever. It's even better than cocaine, which I would know a lot about. Visit Shosho at shosho.podomatic.com or search Shosho, all one word, in the iTunes store. each other off and stuff yeah. into each other's fucking mouths and crap. Yeah. I just farted. 
Yeah. Our first movie. Oh, sweet. First. Fuck. Second movie. Uh, Farewell Friend from 1968. Uh, let's see. Let's view the full summary. Why don't we? This is gonna, it looks like another fun one. In a world after serving together in the French Foreign Legion, a mercenary and a doctor leave the service and go their separate ways. Later, they are reunited by a coincidence. I, is that really why? The doctor has made a promise to a friend, which involves in his breaking into a safe to return some improperly removed bearer bonds. He then hides in an office building to accomplish his tasks, followed by the mercenary who is out to steal the contents of the safe. And we'll stop there. So, um... This is kind of like a reverse heist movie almost. This is a it was an interesting twist on the uh, on the genre anyway. Uh starring Elaine Delon and Charles Bronson once again. Well, that well, that, what? They're in this one too. Yeah. Uh this is uh this is a star role for for Charlie B. I don't know that he had starred in too many movies before this one. Yeah. But, and if he had, this is probably reason for uh directors to start using him, I would say. Really, yeah. the charisma really came out in this one. So, yeah. How old was he when this film was made? Nineteen twenty-one. Damn, forty-six. So forty-seven. Did not look like it, at least from the neck to the waist. Yeah, he's almost as old as I am, or he—he's look. Well, I'm almost that old. And he was fucking jacked. Are you jacked? I'm not jacked. Well, I jacked there a little while ago. <laughs> while we took if a break. You, if you got washboard abs for every time you jacked off, you could scrub a fucking comforter on my stomach. Now you can just lay one over it and it won't even cover the whole thing. <laughs> that's, like, that's like me. My, I'm fat, bitch. My mind's hanging over my fucking uh, waistband right now as I yeah. slurp down a dirty blonde ale. Ale brewed with orange peel and coriander. <laughs> what a coincidence. I slurped down a dirty blonde the other night. <laughs> oh, waka waka. Oh, they used my sock to wipe off my chin. Oh, <laughs> what a whore. Did you, put, did you put the sock back on? Yes, I did. I had to fucking have something to fucking wear <laughs> when I left. You could have just, just put your feet, feet into I, your shoes. Nah, my feet would get sweaty. Oh, so socks... Good for absorb- absorbing foot sweat and chin moisture. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I shaved off my um, goatee because I'll be honest with you, I I I like the way it looks and everything. But if you're gonna eat fucking pussy, I don't know if it feels good, but it just it's so gross when you have to reach up and just wring it out. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you can smell it later. Yeah, no, that's good. I like that. You like it's like memories. <laughs> it's like, Driving down the road, and you're like, mm, yeah. you just curl, curl up your lip, and all pussy is good pussy. Oh, whoa! Let's not get carried away. <sighs> Blue waffle. Uh, so, <laughs> farewell, friend from 1968. So I'm, I'll let you take the lead here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. This movie is near and dear to my heart because um, um, I saw this, God, Jesus Christ, probably back in the uh, maybe like early 80s or something. Like I can't even remember. I will say the first VCR I ever bought, my first VCR I ever fucking bought, see, uh, a, 
uh, <laughs> I bought two uh, blank uh, VHS tapes because I wanted to tape the Super Bowl. And, um, of course, <laughs> it was when the Dolphins played the 49ers in the first Super Bowl the 49ers were in. And the goddamn they, – they did the uh, – like the first probably, I don't know, five minutes of the pregame show and the goddamn cable went off. <laughs> the cable came back on. When the game, right when the game was over. So anyway, (laughs) I had these two blank VHSs. So I was like, you know, oh my God, I can just tape shit off TV, movies and everything. Well, this movie was on TV and, um, and I taped it and I still have the tape somewhere down in the basement. Um, daddy O, but I don't want to (laughs) go down to the basement. And, uh, Quit laughing! <laughs> I've had to, I've had a couple beers. I can't. <laughs> so anyway, it's a good thing you weren't driving. <laughs> oh, waka waka. <laughs> so um, this movie was I wouldn't say notorious or infamous, but if you went to a like a dollar uh, bargain bin at like some kind of a little shitty store before they had Walmart and everything, uh-huh. this would be in it. And it would, and they usually just had some really crappy, uh, trans, I mean, you, I mean, it was on VHS, it wasn't on DVD. Um, but it would, it was really a shitty, shitty quality, uh, uh, that they would put out and it'd be like for a buck put out by like uh good times video or something like that. <laughs> I think I have a couple of those where, where when you, when you, uh, when you take the VHS out, instead of it having like the small spool with all the, t- the six hours of tape on it, it would have a great big spool and hardly have any tape on it at all. Just enough. <laughs> it was shot. Was it S S there was SLP. It was shot in like, or uh, <laughs> okay. recorded in that mode. So anyway, for years and years and years, that's all I had seen, and it was it was edited and everything else. It looked like shit. So then, with all the uh, technology that we have these days, where you can uh, find out of print stuff and everything, I, you know, um, I was amazed the uh, when I finally got a, you know the original cut of this. With um, <clears throat> now, I haven't seen I haven't seen uh, it. Um, subtitled in the original language. Everything that I've ever seen is dubbed. Yeah, this was dubbed too. Yeah, and this one was dubbed. Even the one that I got off of uh, with um, uh, by other means is dubbed. But um, you get to see the whole movie uh, widescreen and everything else. And I think it's available on DVD now where you know they, they actually put it out and a good print of it. I, I imagine if Good Times or whoever it was that was putting it out, uh, for some reason it was it was either has to have been public domain because you would see that even the DVDs that they would put out of this uh, just a few years ago, it would have like a picture of Bronson from his later, like the, when he was probably like 70 years old, the death <laughs> fish with a puffy face yeah, and, the, yeah. and the kind of long Ooh, hair, gray hair. De- you ever seen death wish five? Yes. <laughs> but, but, and it would, it would say, you know, Bronson's back and he's, you know, uh, he's got a death wish, and this has nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> Bronson looks fucking fantastic. He's young. I mean, well, Jesus Christ. I, that's funny that I said he's young. He's 47 years old, but he just looks fan-fucking-tastic. DeLon looks like a goddamn male model, you know. Um, I, wonder if, but, I wonder if DeLon was uh, hesitant to take his shirt off 
compared to fucking Bronson. Fucking Bronson, the fucking pro wrestler body here, and then uh, and then Delon. I mean, you know, he's thin and everything. He's a good looking, yeah. but he did not. Ha- he was not really cut. Like he, uh, just, he just looked like a dude. And Bronson looks like I mean that talk about we were just talking about Spud Webb. Uh, the, Bronson was a genetic fucking freak <laughs> because Jesus Christ, when the guy was in hard times uh, and he played the bare knuckle boxer, he, he had sixty in that one. Yeah, and he was fucking still just built like a brick shit house. <laughs> uh, that fucker might not have been the best looking guy in the face, but I'll tell you what, Jesus Christ, uh, you know I trade uh, bodies with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, what? What? Anyway, boy, he's hot. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jack it again. Jack, Jack, Jack. Jack and dongs. Jack and dongs. He should be in the muscle, muscle wolf, uh, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so it starts out um, with uh, the. It, it, if you've anybody's been following, you know, our Facebook page or whatever, uh, where and a lot of people that haven't seen this movie might not know why. Uh, when I posted that we were going to do this and posted pictures, that people kept commenting and just putting "yeah" <laughs> over and over and over. Yes, well, that's yes. kind of like a, a thing that runs through the movie, uh, <laughs> including right at the very beginning. They show like uh, probably three or four different things. <laughs> that was funny. So it's just going "yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah," and that's probably you know him like. Fucking jacking off, I don't know, looking at Elaine DeLong. But uh, <laughs> that's what I was doing. Yeah, he's a sweet yeah. looking man, too. Um, so, um, Elaine DeLong, okay, so the, I guess if you want to go back to the body thing, the I was talking about John Hamm this week. John Hamm has got like that face, like, like fucking women go, go, oh, yeah, yeah, movie go storm. rainstorm over. And, uh, but, Rainstorm. yeah, they get, they get a, they get a tsunami in their underwear, but like his, like his, I was talking about this, his torso is very average and to be such a sex symbol, like he's just like a dude and like Elaine Delon's the same way. He's got like the well, great I looking like face. That because these days you get like guys like, uh, fucking Matthew McConaughey and, and shit like that. And you know, I don't give a fuck. Somebody told me the other day, well, he's got a personal trainer and I'm like, listen. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey loves to smoke fucking weed, and he's nom, nom. built like a goddamn <laughs> Greek god. He is uh, him and Wahlberg both. They're fucking taking injections of something to to stay cut like that, and and to have like a goddamn no body fat and everything. Bullshit. So anyway, I'm not gonna get off my bandwagon on that. They can do whatever they want, but uh, uh, guy, real guys look like real guys. You know, they real look like guys that smoke weed look like me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the beginning of this movie Jeez, is uh, basically uh, the French, um, which, you know, they had their empire all over the world and it's starting to crumble. Uh, and um, the um, I'm pretty sure they said that somebody said that they thought that they they these guys were coming back from Algeria um, and. um Bronson says something. It's a little late for that, I think. Well, that's what I was wondering too, because he said something in the movie about uh, in once the, in, Indochina, in Indochina. I said I, I was I I said in a you know a hole full of water for however long or whatever. So you know the the French were also uh, I I first was thinking that it, this was after like Dien Bien Phu, and the French had gotten kicked out or gotten de- defeated and run out of. Um, of uh, Indochina, which is Vietnam. Um, so that's what I was thinking. 
But especially when he said that. But I read in the, one of the reviews somebody said they were coming back from Algeria. But um, so they basically uh, Delon is a doctor and um, in the military, and um, Bronson is pretty much a you know like a, a mercenary. He he. He even exclaims, you know, he'll he'll fight for anybody, and you can bet if if uh, whatever side he chooses is the side that's going to lose, <laughs> uh, which is pretty funny. Um, but he has a little uh, a gimmick um, that he has where he, you know, says, uh, you know, how much you want to bet? I can put five large coins. He'll fill a, 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 a like a big water glass up full of like whiskey, and. Um, all the way to where it's uh, almost crowned at the top, and he he makes this bet all the time that he can take like five five large coins and drop them into this glass and without spilling a drop, and then he'll get whatever. Um, well, Delon is pretty much uh, he. At first, they don't explain uh, why, but he's very cynical and very uh, just like uh, you can tell. There's something wrong because he's just so so down about everything and bronson uh you know it's like doc i've got a line to the congo you know uh, uh, 15 men and we need a doctor and uh and delon's doesn't want anything to do with it he's like what was that i was moving a beer empty beer bottle Uh-oh. away i thought i thought the thing fucking disconnected <laughs> but, uh, sorry he um he's you know what are we going to do go go kill negroes you know and um so he kind of is disgusted by Bronson. He sees him as being just this, you know, uh, parasite who, uh, you know, makes money uh, is is just basically a leech and makes money off of uh, other people's suffering, no matter what. Yeah. And um, so he doesn't want anything to do with him. Well, so then they kind of go their separate ways. Um, when when they're at the, uh, the the boat dock, they get off the ship. Um, this girl comes up to them, you know, and, or up to Delon and says, you know, do you know uh, this guy, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, you know, and just leaves. Well, they go their separate ways and Delon becomes a, um, or he is a doctor, but he gets a job at uh, this clinic. And I think when they were talking, when you were reading the thing and it says, you know, just a, matter of circumstance or coincidence they're thrown back together it kind of is like that because uh while delon is at this clinic uh it just happens that bronson is there and he's been fucking this girl and he's trying to get her to find him a doctor uh, to, okay i, I was a little con- confused by that so maybe it wasn't i guess it was a coincidence i thought i thought that bronson he saw that something was going. He like he had suspicions that something was going on, and was like, "Yeah, hey, wherever there's anything going on, it's probably somebody I can rip off." And I thought he just was following. No, because I think, like Delon. I said, he he he, uh, he was uh, helping this girl, that girl, get dressed or whatever. I don't know if they had just screwed or whatever. And uh, okay, he says, "You know, uh, uh, you know, make sure you get that doctor for me." And he just starts walking down the steps, and he sees Delon, and he's and then he's like. Oh, okay. Something's going on here. There's an angle. Uh, well, Delon, it's not. It's not um, just coincidence that he's working at this clinic. Uh, he, the girl that he that came up to him at the beginning when they're getting off the ship and says, "You know, do you know this 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 friend?" Da, 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 and he said, "No." Well, then she's kind of. He sees her again. He goes up and goes like, "You know, what the fuck's your deal?" Grabs her and you know uh, 
and um, she basically tells him that her lover, um, he had the whole concept of the movie or the whole thing that the movie revolves around is, is that this lover of hers that was in the military with Delon um, had stolen, what was it like some kind of uh wasn't actually currency, but it's some kind of yeah, uh, the, the the bearer bonds. Bearer bonds, yeah. And so it was he he she wanted Delon to put them back in this vault, right? So that nobody would ever know and and nobody would get in trouble. And the the uh, the clinic is right bes- or is in the same building where this vault is and everything. So he gets a job there, and then when Bronson sees. Him there, he's like, man, you know, something's up, Doc. I'm gonna go see, you know. <laughs> and he he confronts him, and you know, it's like, what's you know, what what's going on, you know? And and Delon still doesn't want anything to do with him. He sees him as being, you know, kind of a crude, uh, I don't know, like I want to say barbarian, but he's like beneath him because he's an educated doctor and everything. And Bronson's just this uh, pretty much a thug. So, um. They have this scheme going, and and Bronson at first, he thinks that Delon is when he finds out that uh, that uh, there's this vault in there that he thinks Delon is going to rob the place, and you know it comes out that you know he's like he, he even shakes his head like a like a a dog you know that's confused or <laughs> when Delon tells him I'm not trying to steal anything I'm putting something I can't. He's like, what? Um, Same thing as the last movie, too. Yeah. He's you like, know. wait, you just want to get the sword back? Why don't you fucking just steal it? Steal that sword, duck. And um, so they the, – when the, when the whole scenario goes down, uh, Delon has it all planned out. The, the, the girl has – or he has set up a camera that, that um, is in an air vent and – he can see they only get like three numbers out of what seven? Three. Let's see. I think it was three eight. out of three eight. out of eight. And so they say, well, okay, if we it's it's almost Christmas and and the whole place will be shut down for for the Christmas uh, you know weekend. I had to and, I had to count the the numbers but out from the word, but I don't want to say the word because that's a spoiler. To spoil the motherfucker. Hmm. Yes, exactly. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Um, but so the, they only have the, the, the three numbers out of eight. And uh, DeLone says, you know, okay, if we have like a, a three, was a three day weekend um, and we try every fucking, com- or I try every combination, I'll eventually get it and be able to put these things back in. No one will ever know. Well, right when they're shutting this place down, it's it's real secure. They have these guards that you know go in and check the doors at, at certain interval intervals. They have like uh, the little electric eye things that go across the hallways. It, it's motion detectors and everything. And uh, Bronson just happens to fucking show up right when all this is <laughs> is going down, and they're starting to shut the place down. And Delon's like, "Well, fuck, I'm stuck now." So you know. It, the whole thing will be fucked up, uh, and he just grabs Bronson and says, "You know, come on!" And they go and hide in the office, and the guards start coming around. Well, then Bronson's like, "What?" He hears him, overhears him say that there'll be two million dollars in this vault, and he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yes, and yes." 
Delon doesn't want any part of it. He tells him, you know, he's going to put the stuff back in. And, and so they basically come to an agreement that um, they will work as a, a kind of as a team to um, try all these combinations of numbers. They just, you know, have one after the other after the other. Try it. Try the door. It doesn't work. Try another combination. Try it. And it doesn't work. And um, But he says, you know, well, what do we what do we do when the um, when the when we finally get the door open, and uh, you know he says you know you'll try and take the money and I'll try and stop you you know yeah. so uh, uh, so it kind of goes like that and they fuck with each other throughout the whole process yeah I, I really like that part in the building a lot where the, that was well, like but, uh, that's like the first half of the movie basically they only have a limited or the, you know there's like this you know snack. They're in there for Christmas break, and but they're in there for two days, so they only have a limited amount of food from an automat. It's not even a fucking vending machine. Yeah, and, and uh, um, at one point, Delon goes in and takes all, while Bronson's doing the combinations, goes in and takes all the fucking sandwiches and all the the the, the Perrier or water or whatever they were drinking, and gets all of it and he hides it just to <laughs> fuck with Bronson. Well, then that kind of the the, the uh, that kind of uh, gets fucked up because he hides it in this cabinet, and then when the guy, the guards come in to do their walkthrough and they go and hide, the guards take the fucking cabinet. So they have no food, they have no water, and um, they eventually um, something happens to where they get locked in the fucking vault. They're going to get discovered, and because they're, they're I think that that was when they were fighting, weren't they? Yeah. They, they they kind of start getting at each other's throats because they get like start getting pissed off and everything, and um, they they start brawling and then the next thing you know all of a sudden they hear the guards start to come in and they're like fuck and the only place that, that's close is the vault so they just jump in the vault and close the door well then they're stuck <laughs> and uh, th- there's a lot of uh, dialogue in this part of the movie because I mean they're just in the vault and they're in there fucking talking and you get to you get the reveal. Of um, uh, the guy Mozart, which was the the lover of the girl that approaches Delon, and uh, what happened to him that made um, Delon kind of made him put him in this position. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not a dancer, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what the hell does that mean? <laughs> um, but there's that's why he's in there doing it. You know, because I mean, if somebody came up to you and said, "Hey, can you do this?" and you don't even know the person, yeah. that's what Bronson can't get through his head. He's like, "Well, why the fuck are you helping the? What do you owe this guy? You know, you do, he's not even here, and this girl, you don't even know her." And then he 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 tells the story of what happens. So um, the 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 movie's kind of broken up into three parts. The first part is is, is the build up where yeah. he meets this girl, and then the, the there's a a girl that works in. The office that just is, I don't know, man. She seems like she's about half simple, you know. She's not. <laughs> I don't know if it's because she's really shy or what. And Delon's like, you know, don't you ever look people in the eye? And then he just, if, if this would have been modern day, she could have got the biggest sexual harassment suit on him <laughs> because he just grabs her and like gives her a, a big kiss just to, you know, because she never, she's she's his assistant, but right. she never looks at him. She acts like she's, you know, like painfully shy. But um, the movie's broken up. You, you have the first part where it introduces Bronson and Delon and the, and 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 um, the girl setting up. Okay, 
I need you to do this for me. Uh, and then the whole part where they are trying to get in the vault and then stuck in the vault is the middle. And then um, they, 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 they have to try and find a way out of this vault. Uh, if they can't get out, well, then when everybody comes in after the Christmas breaks over, they're going to be discovered and they're going to be put in jail. And so then um, it's – I mean it's not a spoiler that – they get out of the fucking <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you have the whole last third of the movie, which is um, I really enjoyed that part because there's an actor, Michelle uh, Barset uh, or Barset, uh, who who uh, plays this um, this. Um, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's a uh, uh, Bernard uh, Fresson. Uh, who plays Inspector Meltui or whatever. <laughs> and uh, he's really good. Uh, um, there's a lot uh, of uh, interaction with him and Bronson. Yeah. Uh, because while they're adversaries and Delon can't stand Bronson uh, to start with, it's just like he, he – he's – it's it's almost like Bronson is everything that if you if you have like a person in your life that maybe you work with or something like that and they just embody everything that you can't stand in a person, but the person's always there and you have to deal with them. That's how Delone is, and but while they are in the uh, in the vault uh, and that whole situation there, it kind of evolves. Their relationship kind of evolves, yeah. Um, and especially um, when the the whole last third of the movie, Bronson and Delon have almost no interaction whatsoever. But um, Delon almost, I think they almost develop like a. Uh, uh, a uh, brotherhood kind of a of a um, respect and friendship and like actually care about each other because of the circumstances that happen after that because um basically um Bronson gets pinched by the pigs <laughs> by the french pigs see you dig and um the the, the, the inspector um uh, that's played by Bernard Frisson. Uh, he, the the whole last third of the movie, a lot of it is uh, him interrogating Bronson and basically shining the bright light in his face, and you know, they ask him the same questions over and over, and slam his hand on the table. They won't let him sleep, and and all this and that. And um, I like the part where uh, Bronson's running through the airport parking lot, and all of a sudden it's like lights out, and he looks up and he sees this big face, and he goes. <laughs> Inspector Melu. Yeah, the, the fist was pretty cool. Like we, the guy steps out from between two cars, and you just see that blurry fist go like boop, right into the camera. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> but um, now the whole time where where Bronson is is under interrogation is being uh, questioned by the police for this. Uh, uh, they they they're asking him over and over and over. They they have uh, uh, Delon's character's name is Dino uh, Baron, and. Um, Bronson is Franz Prop, and I kept thinking he was calling him Pop. You know? <laughs> but um, he, um, 
they they because Baron, uh, uh, which is DeLong, because he worked in the place, uh, they the cops pretty much know it's, that he was involved and that he that's who they're looking for. Now they don't know. They're trying to get Bronson to say yes, I was there. I was in the thing with him, and Bronson's like, you know, it wasn't me. I wasn't in there. I don't know this guy. Uh, you know, he said he was running from the cops at the airport. He basically did it because they were just getting ready to grab Delon, and Bronson saw that they were walking over towards him, and he starts banging on this thing to draw attention. And takes off running, so they start chasing him, and Delon gets away. Well, he basically says, you know, I was in the <laughs> I was in the country eating goose liver and blah blah blah, you know, wine and goose liver and and I had these two girls and um so he's kind of taken the fall for um Delon or not not really taken the fall because he never really says Right. He's he he just he's being a distraction. Yeah, let no, DeLong get get done what he needs to get done, and they. I mean, he he sticks by his story that he was in the country eating oysters, which I don't know who the fuck eats oysters on Christmas, but oysters, turkey, and something else, and goose liver, oysters. <laughs> oh yeah, I could yeah. be out there eating goose liver, oysters, and turkey. And the- <laughs> I don't know. I just sounded like fucking. Uh, what was that? The, the guy that the, what, what's his name? John Lovitz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the ticket. <laughs> and, uh- it stinks. It stinks. <laughs> well, so <laughs> now that they remade this today, they can have John Lovitz and uh, <laughs> what's his name? Huck Spader. This was in the. Oh my god. <laughs> That's on Saturday Night Live that's in all the Adam Sandler movies. Blonde hair that dates the hot chicks even though he's a little weasel shithead. What? Oh, uh, uh, David... uh, David Spade. Spade. (laughs) It would be Lovitz and Spade and they'd be doing all this shit. So anyway. Oysters uh, and turkey. And Lovitz would punch out uh, fucking Andy Dick just because he hates Andy Dick (laughs) uh, for killing Phil Hartman. Uh, Anyway. um, Well, feeding Bryn Hartman fucking cocaine until she killed Phil and then killed herself. Uh, That's neither here nor there. That has nothing to do with this. Uh, So... There's um, at the toward the end of the movie, you come to find out that there's more to all this than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, uh, like I said, that the, the time that they spent in the vault, plus um, the fact, I think that when Delon sees he he sees more in uh, or Baron sees more in prop than. Meets the than he he than he thought because he thought you know Bronson is such a mercenary and such a you know about everything he's just all about making a quick buck you know not working but just making money any way he can and um, that kind of person Baron would probably think would be okay this guy will, he he's just a piece of shit as soon as the cops put the heat on him he'll fucking tell everything and he doesn't. And he tells the one girl, she says, you know, do you think he'll talk? And he said, I once knew a man who uh, was in a hole in Indochina filled full of water for, you know, so many days. And he just basically started seeing, you know, okay, if this guy is the kind of guy that could hold up under that kind of torture, then he has something more inside of him than just this 
this uh, thug yeah. that I thought he was. So I like that. That the the I'm not going to talk about you know what happens at the end of the movie because like I said, there's more to uh, the whole situation. You know, and one thing that I had trouble with, I wish that that outside situation was handled a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it could have been the like just not that great of a story. I don't know, but the part that happens outside of them, I like them together. Yeah, but the part that like, and I like I like Bronson talking to the police chief guy, but the the you know the story did. I don't know. It didn't work for me. Like it was a little confusing, and like I, I didn't feel really invested in what happened outside of the two of them. Right. Right. It's it's almost like. Um well, I was going to say it didn't. It, it that I was going to say it didn't need that. Uh, it didn't. It didn't. I, mean, I enjoyed it without that. But if it had that, it could have been a much better movie. Yeah, or if it would have the the the, the, uh, the other people would have been a little bit more fleshed out yeah. as far as characters and stuff like that go. It, they, I mean, they were kind of like I said, the the one girl's kind of a dim wit, and you know, but Is she the one that he was. Like he was hanging out at her place, yeah, and, and he was getting ready to leave. And she's, what did she say? Something like, "I could." She's like, "You can take, don't, don't go. I can, I can uh, like stay here. Uh, I, I know spaghetti. how to make spaghetti. I know how to cook spaghetti. I learn how to read Shakespeare. Like, what the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was just a, she was like kind of fucking an idiot. <laughs> um, and then I like when he was in there taking a taking a, a bath, a bath or a shit or whatever, and she comes and starts riding an exercise bicycle, bicycle, like right by the. I thought she was wearing like a tight shirt and a skirt and she just takes the skirt off and now it's a leotard and she starts riding a bike yeah, it's like why would you have an exercise bicycle in your bathroom but um delone uh both guys in this one uh, more I, I like this one a little bit more than red sun not that i like the movie better but the reason that i one reason that i like this movie is because there's a lot more inter- interaction with yeah. Bronson and DeLong. They're on screen. They share the screen uh, just a, a ton in the movie, whereas in Red Sun, they don't really at all for, for the majority yeah, of the movie. Yeah. And uh, But, I mean, it's just like two, in their own way, two of the coolest motherfuckers, mm-hmm. you know, and they throw them into a movie, even though they're totally different. The way they the, – the, the actual actors, the, the way they look, the way they talk, the way they sound and everything, they're totally fucking different. But they're just two cool guys and because of their differences, you know, the parts are perfect for them. Um, <laughs> I, uh, there, there's some scenes in this movie that show um, – and this is probably another reason it, it really shows the, the 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 character or the perceived character of uh, Franz Prop. Uh, he's almost, and I I don't know if I would go all the way. Well, I guess maybe he is. He's uh, is he a pimp? Um, well, I, he sells like <laughs> the services of yeah i don't know it's like he that's talks a, about a selling a doll and that was confusing to me i i that's a scene i really liked when it shows him uh, i think i posted an image of it they're, uh, they're uh, like uh, on this rotating she's on this this chick is standing on this like rotating floor and there's cars parked all around her with men standing in front of the cars all the headlights are on and 
Bronson's sitting up on this like tall like lifeguard type chair, and he just reaches over and stops it, and then like whoever I don't know he like takes money from whoever I stops. Think they're, they're bidding on. They're I think I think but see I because <laughs> I was gonna say that. It would really show how unsavory and how, to the depths that he would go to be a pimp. But in saying that, I think what the whole situation there was is this. He would get a girl and he would say, okay, he he wasn't a pimp. I think he was more like a con man. And yeah. he would say the whole situation was a setup. And he he – Maybe he would see who had the – that way he could see everybody's money at once. Like right. They're all and out there and whoever bids the most. It's almost like an auction. They're bidding on this girl who's going to get her and fuck her. But then while they're – while he gets them all interested in this and they're all doing this and everything, well, then he starts – he he kind of slips away and goes shit, and yeah. fucking steals all their shit. <laughs> and so I think it just – it's a matter of perception because you could, you could sit there and, and think, okay, he's a pimp. You know, he he gets these girls. He basically uh, introduces them to these rich guys and makes money. And maybe he does the other stuff on the side, and maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just got caught. Yeah. Uh, this time, but that's the one excuse. When the cops finally, uh, you know, he goes on and on and on about being in the country with two girls, goose liver, oysters, and turkey, and all this. <laughs> oysters and turkey. And to, yeah, yeah, that's the <laughs> ticket. Uh, John Lovitz. Uh, he um, he finally he he. It's almost like he plans it. He tells that story for so long, so long, so long, and then when they don't believe it, uh, you know, he he gives them what like the reveal and uh, to to appease them, even though he's still lying, and and he says, no, the reason I was running when you were chasing me was because of the shit with the the doll, yeah, you know, Papa gone. Oh, back on. <laughs> That's fucking weird as shit. No! <laughs> you know, he hits the fucking tinsel, the old man. And oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, Say something, and he jerks it, and the girl's like, uh, um, I'm beautiful. Uh, no, that's not the one I want to hear. Papagon, uh, papagon. <laughs> and um, so, I mean, that was kind of, it was weird. I mean, but yeah. it, it was definitely memorable. And the girl was fucking pretty goddamn good looking. Yeah, there's a lot of, it's. A, it was a, very all the styles very mod um it must have definitely took place in france i mean all the signs are still in french and everything but there's a lot of hot women in and out of this picture well they said one of the girls and i'd have to go back and uh i was trying to uh go back and see where i read that that the one girl um and i can't remember if it was um the real shy one or the other one because I don't know. Maybe it was the girl that was on the carousel. They said one of them that she had only done. She only did a, 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 a few roles, and then she couldn't get work, and she became a porn actress. Huh. So I don't know which one that one was. But the girls, the the, the ladies in the movie aren't. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I think that they just kind of uh, needed to. If they would have had more time, that they could have gotten a little bit more depth into yeah. their. There was one part, and like I said, I hate to say this because it sounds so weird, but um, I, for some reason, almost wondered if the two chicks, they were sisters, right? Yes. 
Okay. There was a part where I thought I was wondering if they didn't have some kind of strange relationship. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get that. I don't I, know why I thought that, but I think it's like you know when she was saying you know uh, we can we can go back to the way it was before, and they're in the car, and and, uh, yeah. and the other one kind of dominated the the one kind of dominated the other one. Maybe it was just a sisterly thing or something like that. Maybe I watched too much goddamn fucking, like I said, <laughs> Kay Parker movies or something. Or or uh, Ing- Ing- Ingmar Bergman. Uh, there was a movie like that where the two sisters and there was a subtle underlying lesbian thing, you know. So I don't know. But that just might be a thing. But um, your thoughts? <laughs> I I kind of like, I kind of got a homosexual thing from them a couple times. Delon and Bronson, yeah, like <laughs> being shirtless in the. Of course, Bronson breaks the fucking air conditioner in there, so they have a chance to take their shirt off and get all sweaty. Yeah. But, uh, but like they, the way they would show them like beating the wall a couple times, it was like you know. One, they would take turns, just like pounding, you know, <laughs> uh, in the ass, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but I mean, you know, not to say the whole movie's like that, but the the part where they're together definitely. Uh, it's a I don't brother, know. man. You're such a queer. <laughs> um, and I mean that in a good way. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, De- Delon's his normal like calculated demeanor. He does seem to lose it a couple times, which if you've seen like Les Samurai and stuff, it's a little different because like he's just like silent like that whole movie. This one, he talks a lot more and does get a little little like crazy a couple times but for the most part he's still like that cool guy but bronson's a little rough around the edges but they do they do a good job making him like a cool suave guy too um his suits look great but uh he um i I really like i really like that thing and i mean i don't know what the point of it is exactly especially okay with the with the water or with the drink and the in the coins Mm. he's in a fucking okay he does it near the end of the movie on a desk and and but he's he's not as good that time as he is when he's fucking in a car. Yeah, the car is moving. <laughs> the it's car like is driving, and he can and... still do this shit and not spilling it. Come on. Or no, it was um, a paper cup in the police office. Yeah, it was a paper cup. It was just a glass, yeah. and maybe he cheated in the car. Um, I think he cheated most of the time about everything. I think it was like some kind of gimmick. But I don't know. I think it, I think it was just. Um, I mean, it was definitely symbolism that uh, you know he could do it. it when he was in his con man mode, he was that was in his element. Uh-huh. But when he was in the police station, it was like it was just showing that he was kind of off his game and he and he cracked a little bit. You know, he he didn't uh, uh, he didn't crack, but I mean, it just he he. Uh, but then again, you know, he could have. Uh, well, he had an answer. I mean, it, it was yeah, that's really that's what I'm saying. He might have he might have spilled purpose. it on purpose just to say. You know, uh, it was because I had this chick and we robbed this place and blah, 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 blah. Um, the, uh, the, but yeah, like we were saying, the, my favorite my favorite parts of the film are the two of them interacting with each other. Um, it's, it, again, it's weird seeing both of them together because they, they just really seem to, like, you know, you're used to seeing Bronson either shoot people or shoot people in Westerns. Like, that's like his thing. And to be in a movie where, I don't even remember. I don't think he fired a like shot a firearm the entire film. I don't know if either one right. of them did. Um, the you know he, he doesn't even have a gun. And, oh yeah, he, well he had a gun. Well, Elaine Delong had a gun. He had the revolver. Yeah, but Bronson won it from him for just a, oh, okay. a little bit. 
with the thing, you know. Right, 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 right. Okay. The, the, the coins. Um, Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. The, um, you know, like, I, I like the, there's a, they're talking in a, a coffee bar or something, and he's like, you know, he's Delon saying, you got to give me your word. And he's like, I ain't got one. Dino, is that his name? Yeah. Um, and he's like, I don't care if you have one. Just give me your word anyway. Yeah. Um, and like, I mean, I know it was necessary to move the story along, but that police chief guy or sheriff is, as Bronson kept calling him, uh, he was a little too cooperative with, <laughs> with Delon because Delon's like across the street on the phone. They can see each other. He's like, you got to give me till midnight. And the cop's like, okay, until midnight. Like in, <laughs> in reality, there would have been a fucking like SWAT team. Out, yeah. Like, they just descended on him. They're like, oh yeah, go ahead. Go prove yourself. You can find me later. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> but I don't. I don't I actually. It's for their friends, you know. Right? Yeah. I mean, they're gonna fuck it up somehow. And th- that's another. <laughs> that's a, that's another uh, uh, high high point of me of the film is that is the parts of it that do feel very French. One that building they were in, it was like an office building, but there's these weird paintings on the wall of like women's yeah. faces and makeup and stuff like that. That was a really kind. Of, that was kind of odd. I like that though. And the you know like the the, the rotating platform girl, like, you know that stuff wouldn't happen, but it made it feel very European. It'd um, be cool if it did, and you were one of those old men. Yeah, bidding on a, some hot piece of puss. I bet you that happens somewhere. Probably, <laughs> probably in the United Arab Emirates or something. <laughs> you know? When you have that much money. I, I just liked what this film looked like a lot, and I guess this is—I guess this is considered a. This could be considered a Eurocrime film. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. a lot of it feels American. Uh, the like, I guess because Bronson's in it, it feels American, um, and everybody speaks English because of the dub. But it looked like a lot of people might have been speaking English in English anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they said that they, uh, the guy dubbed. Bronson's voice with a, a, a heavy American accent, huh. you know. So I was like, "Well, fuck!" I thought that was just Bronson, you know. So hey, it sounded know. like him. Maybe, he, maybe he just had him. Uh, I, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, but the uh, we don't want you to sound like Bronson. We want you to sound like an American, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, <laughs> motherfucker? And turkey. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't have anything else to add. <laughs> we could just stop. This there. is probably the first John Lovitz movie we've ever, and probably the last forever. Yeah, until we do the Adam Sandler movie, <laughs> uh, we can get into our ratings here. Uh, as he blows that off. No, we're not doing Adam Sandler, you motherfucker. We'll do it with Precious. Um, my rating. This one. Like I said, I, it almost has like a uh, a sentimental um, thing because I saw it and liked it, uh, even the shitty version of it mm-hmm. uh, a long time ago. Because at the t- when the first time I saw it, I I had never seen anything with Elaine Delon, and I, did, I had no idea who he was. I was a Bronson fan, and um, I always liked um, uh, finding these movies like uh, uh, these Euro movies that Bronson did this one and rider on the rain where he doesn't play the killing machine guy. Right. And, and even the one with um, him and uh, Anthony Perkins uh, man behind the door where he plays the amnesiac uh, guy. They're just different. Uh, uh, it just it shows that the, the guy wasn't just uh, he, he fell into that action uh, 
hero uh, thing for for so long, but it was cool to see him younger and trying other and and being in different types of roles before he really fell into that that kind of uh, niche that he you know was the, his money making machine. Yeah. And this is like, uh, this had to have been a a star making mm-hmm. like like role for him. I I'm, I'll, I'll look it up while you're still talking. I'm curious to see what his first like starring role was. Yeah, I think this one really got uh, uh, really really uh, put him in the spotlight and got him over. I, I mean, you know, uh, movies like you know Magnificent Seven were and uh, uh, The Great Escape, where he was in that ensemble cast. Yeah, well, uh, Magnificent I, Seven came. When was that? That came. I think that came after this. Well, Dirty Dozen. No, maybe not. Maybe not. I'm not. I'm not looking far enough back. Dirty Dozen was sixty-seven, and this I think I think. Uh, God damn, he was in a TV show in nineteen forty-nine. Oh fuck yeah! I remember when he was on the Big Valley was one of our my favorite uh, uh, TV shows when I was a kid. That Lee Majors and Barbara Stanwyck and uh, Linda Evans, and it was a western. And he w- he had a guest uh, appearance on that. I think probably like Bonanza and a lot of those guys were in you know Nick Nolte and all these guys were, were in those shows. Uh, at one time or another, on, or on him. Target Zero. Um, he wasn't the star of that. Uh, TV, TV. So much TV stuff. Yeah, I think I think the uh, I think Magnificent Seven what and uh, Dirty Dozen. I don't even see it on the fucking filmography. I don't either. It's like okay, uh, Dirty Dozen. Magnificent Seven, nineteen sixty. There it is. Okay, it was way back. So I think those two movies pretty much uh, uh, put him in the forefront. Dirty Dozen and Magnificent Seven, and then mm-hmm. and then the uh, the well, you have um, Once Upon a Time in the West was right oh, at same the same year as this. Since, yeah. yeah, but I, I think those kind of got him in the uh, in the uh, forefront because you look at like Via Rides with Robert Mitchum and shit like that, where he wasn't really the main guy. Then he went to Europe. Made this movie and Once Upon a Time in the West, and then that Rider on on the Rain got really good reviews in Europe, and uh, the family with uh, him and uh, uh, I think Telly Savalas, uh, those those Euro movies like that really threw him, made him a huge star over there, right? And then you know. He he parlayed that into becoming this this you know just huge movie star, but um, I for me um, and like I said maybe it has a lot to do with you know just liking Bronson in this movie and discovering Delon and seeing it so long ago it brings back a lot of memories and stuff. I give it an eight. I know it's a flawed movie, but every time I watch it, I I like I I can watch. For, I watched this a few weeks ago because I had it on my iPad and I watched it and and I could probably have watched it every day uh, <laughs> because I just love the fucking movie. That's so cool. it's, I mean that's just me. It's it's not a it's not a uh, uh, the greatest movie ever made or or anything like that. But it just really clicks with me. Yeah. So well, and it's totally worth watching for the two of them. Yeah. Um, and this on, this might be the only one that they truly starred together in because the mm-hmm. other one wasn't really that was not really a starring role for Delon. Um but I give this a six point seven five out of ten. Um this uh the, the it's just like I guess the back third of the movie just didn't all completely work for me. Mm-hmm. Um trying to wrap up the story and stuff, but um 
uh, I felt really good about it up until then. So uh, it, it's it's definitely worth watching. So I think a big part of the uh, of this movie for me is just uh, just watching DeLong and Bronson. Yeah, yeah, and just, that's, just that's, watching them. You that know, was the highlight for me too. So so they they do well together. So it's a good, good pair up. Cool. I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you recommended both of these. So. Well, there you go. I have some good ideas every once. T- in a while. Every once in a while. Let's take a break and do some feedback. We got some voicemails this week. Whoa. Whoa. We'll be right back. In a world that has a country called England, three cinephiles battle weekly against the onslaught of movie releases. They review dissect and discuss until each is defeated jordan is the host ian is the sweary one and noel is the grandpa and together they are the 35 millimeter heroes dig it bitches Called the Go Team. Ah, I like it. I just love it. Let's see if they sing. Nope. All all audio. All uh, music. I thought they sang in this one. All right. I bet your tongue is just thick with the scent of beer. A little bit. And my mustache is like a sponge. Time for voicemails. All right, I didn't download them, of course, so I will fill the dead air while this voicemail downloads. 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 Here we go. First voicemail. Silver and gold. It's a hard one. This is the grin. And I sound a bit like Vince Price. So anyway, happy days on the good old show for a man at the end of the world. I love it. I... I'm at the end of my rope, but I have tied a knot, and I'm hanging on, just like that little cat on that poster. Hang in there. So anyway, so Joe, I haven't seen it, but I shall see it after your glowing review, and I have something to say about Norman Wexler. Now, as he, you know, he was the writer, and he wrote uh, Superco and all the other stuff, and he was always famed for his uh, squilly dialogue, and how he got that dialogue was that he would, he would pay someone to follow him around with a tape recorder, Recording all the time while he got into fights with with uh, the on, on the the underside of, of New York, so he could get that real 
you know, dialogue from them when they started going crazy and shouting and bawling back at him, and he would have the other fellow behind him recording it. And he would also have a suitcase with $30,000 in it, so then he could pay off the people so that they wouldn't kill him, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't <laughs> uh, progress. Uh, so that's a bit crazy, but uh, very inventive. He was also a real tramp, you know, he wouldn't wear shoes, and he was just an old snowhorn, and um, lots of stories, you know. Another cool one is that uh, he went to, a, he was driving along in the limousine, and he jumped out, and he says, look, I want to go and get a donut. And he just goes into the donut shop, and he says, can I have a donut? Please, donut, please. And the woman says, hold on, you got to wait your turn. So he waited his turn, and then the woman says, so was it a glazed donut? And he says, no, actually. And then he progressed to end up, and he, he bought the entire shop. And um, he then paid all the people, the cooks and the bakers and everyone, to take all their clothes off. Got them all beer, got them all drunk, and he was paying them $5,000. Uh, except for the one woman that wouldn't um, wouldn't serve him originally. And he offered her fifteen. He raped her. So that she would take her clothes off, but she was just this old woman. And she she was so angry and so upset. And then they had to go and get a load of U-Haul trucks to, to take all the stuff that he bought. And on the way out, he he left just one glazed donut. <laughs> there you go. What what wonderful anecdotes they were. So, uh, if you want to know more, you go on and look him up. He's really cool. <laughs> you know, theoretically, Bryn could have made up every one of those stories right there, and we wouldn't I even would, know it. I would have eaten it up like a glazed. We're donut. like, yeah, fuck yeah, man. Wow, I want a donut. Yeah, on the end of my dick. Cool. Thanks, Bryn. Uh, he listened to his podcast, uh, the uh, almost said the podcast without honor and humanity. I know. I did, too. I don't know why. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, Hamicus um, released quite often. I don't know if weekly, but uh, he's getting It's going to be released uh, shortly with me on it. Yeah. We're going to do The Sands of the Kalahari. We were supposed to do it uh, – Wednesday and that little fucker shooting a movie with Bo Hopkins uh, right now. <laughs> so uh, he we had to postpone to the next day. The next day I couldn't, and uh, we're going to try to do a Saturday. Cool. Good movie uh, if you want to hear about boot it. Uh, it um, yeah, just listen uh, to the upcoming Harmakers podcast, bitch. Next voicemail, bitch. Hey, Silver and Gold, this is Dave from Boston, and uh, I don't know if I speak for a lot of the other people listening to the podcast. I like you guys, but I can find your website, but I can't find your presence on Facebook. Um, you know, if you guys could uh, maybe announce that for once. I've tried to get a lot of my friends into it, and they listen to the show, and we hear about all the nasty-ass shit that you put on the Facebook page, <laughs> and we really want to be able to take a look at it. So uh, I would just uh, point that out, and maybe you'll play my voicemail and tell everyone else how we can find some nasty shit on the web. Uh, also, you guys need to get into some Sujon Suzuki. Uh, he, is, he is the Japanese, like, pot of gold for silver for the silver and gold audience. Crazy shit, lots of sunglasses and crazy suits and crazy colors and crazy just crazy. badass. I mean, there's there's a dude who plays the piano with his penis and there's <laughs> a guy who gets off I can do that. by like sniffing boiled rice. I mean, this <laughs> stuff is right up your alley, man. Gangsters, guns, uh, lots of lots of booze, JB, man. They, they, they do some JB action in this, man. I'm telling you, either way, love the podcast. Keep it real. Adios. Adios. Oh, we keep it real. We keep it very real. Uh, as for the Facebook group, it's a, it's it's kind of branched off now. The gross stuff has kind of moved on. You'll yeah. still see plenty of porn stars and uh, like tits and ass on the on our page, but 
You probably won't see much of the uh, cheese dick anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was just it was being a little devi- It was becoming a little divisive, uh-huh. <laughs> even amongst the hosts of the show. <laughs> <laughs> what? So what? Uh, I don't but, know what uh, you're If you want to fucking find the group, go to the goddamn search thing at the top of Facebook and type in <laughs> Silva and Gold. And it's the little and sign, not A N D. And it comes right up. I don't know how people can't find the fucking fucker. I wish I could just make I don't know, I wish I could make a URL. I don't know how to do that. Earl. An Earl. Oh wait. They changed it. It now has a URL, it looks like. So it's just Facebook.com slash groups slash Silva and Gold. It used to be a long number. Wow. It's because we're, we're famous. We're, we're legit getting, now, motherfucker. We have 138. <laughs> <laughs> That's pathetic. We probably have, le- we probably have more. Uh, we probably would have had 500 if we would have had all that stupid shit on there. <laughs> we probably have more members than we do listeners, so we're doing all right. <laughs> Let's drive everybody away. <laughs> yay! Yay! yay. <laughs> Puss. Next no, question. what's bad is it wasn't even driving people away. It's fucking attractive. Oh, fuck. It's not good enough for silver and gold voicemail hotline anymore. Hotline. Why do I call it a hotline? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I can tell you exactly why the message isn't playing. You see, I called in to talk about a really shitty made-for-TV film that was supposed to be a pilot for a television show. I asked him Justice to. Justice League of America from 1997. And I'm not going to disperse and we go over this because I'm fucking tired of talking about this movie. All I'll say is, you want to know how bad they fucked this up? The Green Lantern costume in this movie is blue. He's the Green Lantern. How do you fuck that up? But I'm not going to discuss. I'm not even really going to discuss too much because I've been watching a lot of shit right, for the movie Nelly book. I watched a shitty movie called Bloody video horror that made me puke my aunt Gertrude, which is just really a shitty shit shot on video movie. It's kind of just a really boring detective snuff film that there's only one person that peeps in the film, and there's no character named Aunt Gertrude. And then I watch a fucking Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen film and discover how much fucking bitches and whores they are. And let me elaborate on this so people don't just think I'm jaded. Though, to be fair, that movie daily will reveal a lot more about me and my life than them. But here's a spot where this woman that likes Mary-Kate... He tells her, she says she just likes him a friend, then she makes out with him. Later, they start making out again, then she stops and goes, don't you see what the problem is? I don't want this. You know, it's one thing to kiss somebody, but it's another to want to kiss them. I'm like, that makes you a whore and a slut. If you don't want to kiss him, you don't kiss him. You don't lead him on, you slut. Jesus. So, yeah, I've been going through a lot of bad movies and uh, trying to get this book out and got quite a few more going. I'm going to make the announcement. I'm going to have a little Lifetime section. I'm going to watch three Lifetime movies. So I'm scared. I really am. All right. Well, I'm going to go into the video store now. I don't I'll grab some videos just to return the gray on blue, which was great, and maybe go look around. Keep up the good work, guys. And if this doesn't play again, then fuck your voicemail line. <laughs> <laughs> man, Justin, I feel I'm worried about him. Man, he's going to get high blood pressure at a very young age. Keep somebody. Murder him. The um, I've never seen that Justice League movie, but the original vo- uh, the original Green Lantern did wear a red shirt. So what? Yeah, Alan Scott, Green Lantern. He wore a red. Oh, shirt. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about the original guy. Yeah, 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 baby. Yeah. Yeah. I hope for his sake he finishes the uh, the book soon. So and he fucking takes some fucking some kind of pills. <laughs> you can borrow oh, some God. of my dog's Prozac. <laughs> Justin, uh, he's great. We love Justin. Next voicemail. And stuff. 
Uh-oh. Hi, sound. I'm oh. calling on behalf of Kathy Morris and oh, C.G. Giovanni. Kathy Morris. They were great. And sorry we missed you. It's okay. For over five years, we've been showing people how to receive $1,000 a day or well, more fuck. without doing any selling. Well, Jesus Christ, man. That sounds like a good deal to me. I really should screen these beforehand. This one looks suspiciously short, too. This is Liam Neeson. <laughs> nope. Don't have any money. But what I do have is an iPhone and an internet connection. I've searched all over the world for a podcast that I like. I found silver and gold. Now my love for it is like a disease. I'm riddled with it. I played Zeus for God's sake. Uh, <laughs> I had my headphones turned way up, and that burp was very loud. Now, very loud here too. Uh, cool. Thanks, Liam. <clears throat> we haven't had a celebrity caller in a while. That was cool. I guess nobody's. All these fucking pussies out there aren't going to fucking uh, try the uh, the uh, David Coverdale. White Snake uh, contest. It's an easy one too. It's an easy one. All you do is sing, and I, I promised. I promised. What people don't understand is the only reason Justin got the anal douche as a fucking uh, the gift or whatever from the winning the contest, or didn't we? <laughs> didn't even fucking win the contest. No. <laughs> was for fear and showgirls. It didn't really have to do with the contest. <laughs> so if you fucking send in your thing. For your karaoke version of the White Snake song, Here I Go Again, you take a chance of getting a cool gift. Maybe I should enter. No, uh, you can't. Fuck. Employees cannot you're, apply. You're from North Carolina and you're gay. <laughs> oh, so I'm screwed. Oh, yeah. wait, no, or maybe I'm not. Wait till you see my owl. Um, No, you know what? But that's all right. Hey, man, I'll just keep the shit. That's fun. (laughs) Fuck more swag for me. All right. Well, let's wrap up this shit. That was the last voicemail. So next week, our double feature shall be what? (laughs) Trucking. Trucking double feature. Down to Frisco Bay. We have uh, Peter Fonda and Jerry Reed in 1978's High Bowling. Two truck drivers. Yeah. Oh, wait, I don't have to read that yet. And we have. Colin Farrell, low balling. <laughs> and then we have a movie from 1998 starring Patrick Swayze, Meatloaf, and Randy <laughs> Travis. Yeah. <laughs> Black Dog. So this is, like I said to Zom, these movies have a cumulative 9.9 on IMDb. So that means they're almost perfect, right? Yeah, we're digging in the shitter. <laughs> so Put these two movies together and you got a goddamn good movie. <laughs> you have a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> so highballing and Black Dog for next week. Um, I think I'm going to go, I don't know, either nap or more beer. I can't decide. I do have to work I'm tonight. I'm going to so. nap. Yeah, I'm going to kill the whole rest of the day. Yes. So, Zom, do you have anything else before nap beer time? Uh, I guess you can always contact us. I didn't say this last week. I'm about to forget it again. Uh, 206-339-1600 is our uh, voicemail. Silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us MP3s or emails there. G. Uh, yeah, silverandgold.com is our website. We're also on iTunes. And uh, apparently we have a website now for Facebook. So facebook.com yeah. slash groups slash silverandgold, all spelled out. So. Fucking A. Uh, 
that is about it for me. Um, Don't ask me if I have anything to add again. Zom, do you have anything else to... <laughs> uh, so, um, until next week when we do the truck, Mother Truckers. Oh, that's totally going to be the name of the episode next week. Um, this is Loaf Oot. Zom Oot. Bye-bye. Thank you.